there, and welcome to episode 57 of Unknown Regions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle, and with me, as always, is your other host, my son, Colin. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Hello. What's poppin'? It was like your, your Muppet. Hello. 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 Um, so we are back after a considerable break. Mental. <laughs> another one. Another Another considerable break, but we have a new show called Andor, so we're going to have to make a kind of an effort, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's good, so. Well, I, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it seems like they're, uh, from what I've heard, the next three episodes are another little arc, even though we're only going to get one episode a week, thank goodness, because. Oh, yeah, Seriously. I, I mean, I feel like these three together made sense. Oh, yeah. It had to be done. It had to be done because they pushed it back several weeks. But, you know, tackling three episodes at once is kind of a challenge sometimes. Lucasfilm. Just FYI. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Have pity on your podcast community, would you please? Um, Seriously. And next week, I am told, Mon Mothma. I would assume that. Yeah, that makes sense. And, yeah. I'm gonna call her my wife. I'm just gonna keep calling her that till it okay. until it actually happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna manifest it into reality. Okay, you're, dude, you're so weird. I just love her. Do you remember why? Do you remember seeing her at celebration? I do. And how I was just mesmerized. Yes. I can't help it. The heart wants what it wants, Colin. It's not. It's not under my control. Dog, come on. Okay, let's get let's get right into it because um, somebody needs some sleepy times pretty soon. We're recording at two twenty a.m. It is two twenty a.m. <laughs> um, Help me, guys! Please. All right, I need I need your first impressions. Go. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I love the lighting. I remember specifically saying that the lighting mm. was very, very, very good. I do remember you commenting on the cinematography being spectacular and you're not wrong specifically the lighting Mm -hmm. so good the fact that like whenever there would be a flashback and it would you know whatever everything every setting was distinguished by lighting that was different in subtle ways it's very good storytelling like through light i don't know i thought it was really cool um also i think i'm just gonna say right now i really like how not forcey it is. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yep, yep. I appreciate that. Honestly, shocking to me. Like, I thought that Visions went far, but honestly, Visions kind of stuck with the same tropes. Really think about it. Oh, they definitely did. They were, this they, didn't. They was very into the mythology side. I mean, yeah, this was in the mythology, but it wasn't, well, I mean, like, it clearly wasn't escape. It was not an escape. Mm-mm. From the mythology, but it was like a, a tangential. Um, when like when I say it. when I say mythology, yeah. I mean like force, forcey stuff, oh, Jedi, okay. magic, wizards, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I like none uh, to be found in this show. Yeah, like I like that. I think it's interesting. I think it honestly is probably a challenge for them. To write a good story that doesn't require, like, you can't use that as a crutch oh, kind of thing. I don't think, not for Tony Gilroy. He, that was, that's been his MO the entire time. 
Oh, okay. He's been out there with it. Like, he's not hiding the fact that he was basically like, you will not see a Skywalker. This is not... I appreciate that. You will not see a lightsaber. You will not see any of that stuff. That's not what this is. And, you know, take it or leave it. That's what this is. And we, I, we were warned that that's... Yeah. Or Go told, ahead. I guess, warned slash told, depending <laughs> on you... <laughs> depending on how you look at it. If that's something that's going to be off-putting to you, then I guess it's a warning. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you have a lot to talk about regarding opinions that people have and like what you think about that whole exclusion because honestly i'm not gonna lie i am interested as to why you are okay with it because as we all know every single episode you talk about how star wars is about the force which which in my opinion is not absent but it's also not totally present so it's like you know you kind of like I don't know. I'm very. That is like it. It, I, it has been a long time since I have been this interested to hear an opinion from you on this podcast. <laughs> normally, like you don't care what my opinion. Is. No, but I'm no. It's, normally, I know your opinion. Oh, this time okay. I'm like I don't know what you're gonna say about that. Okay, well, yeah, because you especially don't know because you fell asleep 20 right. minutes into the first episode. Everybody, that's true. I drove my ass down Dude, to I don't think the city of Chicago to pick this boy. <laughs> up so that we can watch this together okay i haven't seen him in almost a month drove down to get him bring him home sit him down it's 2 a.m the it drops i'm so pumped i turn it on (laughs) 20 minutes i look over (laughs) completely out (laughs) peace yeah that was it's okay that was really really fun Honestly, uh, that was a very good sleep that I got that night. I so. and that is, that was, I tried to wake you up maybe once, and then I gave up because uh, I thought, yes, he yes. needs to sleep. But also, son of a, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, do you want? Well, me- I don't think we need to get into it now because well, that's like I feel like that's like a- we're doing first impressions. That's what we're doing. I mean, these are not first. I mean, these are complex first impressions, though. Mine was not complex at all. It was very simple, actually. I mean, I liked it. I did not not like it, even for one moment. Okay. I did not that, not like That it. is cool. There was nothing about this that I did not... Actually, there is one thing that I would have to say, like, if, if there was anything negative, the one thing I would say is that it was hard to follow the story in the first episode. That is fair. That is actually very there fair. There were so many new things introduced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, again... I'm an artist, like, I gotta give, like, the devil's advocate when it comes to, like, art, you know? hmm I kinda know why he did it that way. I'm sure it was on purpose. Because, honestly, it's supposed to be a new world. Like, it's supposed to feel abnormal to you, you know? Because it's not, like... Right. It's supposed to make you feel a little uncomfortable. It, it... The whole show is extremely uncomfortable. And upon second viewing, third viewing... Ah, It yes. does all... There's one thing that I am very confused about still after watching it several Uh, times and asking other people. And other people are also confused. So I don't feel bad about being confused. And we'll talk about it when we get to it. But after everything else makes sense. It's just that what you said, it's like, first of all, it was 2 a.m. For me, anyway. Um, Right. Right. And so there was that. 
but then like like you're saying it was so many new people yeah yeah so many new people so many new things like objects like, that i did not understand organizations yeah. yeah really a lot a lot coming at you which i don't have a problem with at all because yeah. i yeah. i love that actually i I do. I love that about the show. Yeah, there's not enough of those in Star Wars. Like it kind of always, it kind of like starts with like this little scene, and then it kind of opens up into the film, and you know that everyone's just doing the thing they always do, and like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It was very, it was very much. Actually, no. There is first impression. I for the entire time watching the first, second, and third episodes, and like this is Game of Thrones, but Star Wars. That's what this is. <laughs> it feels like that. It really does feel like that. Well, I was more like, this is Blade Runner, but Star Wars. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not even a joke, bro. No, it's not. It's a whole, oh, it's actually, a whole if you lot know, of Blade Runner. If you want to know my very literal first impression, uh-huh. it was like, it was like, oh. Oh, so they're not even hiding it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that intro sequence, dude, are you are you well, joking, Okay, bro? okay, yeah, the the title when when the the oh sun like goodness. peeks around the side of the planet and then that becomes <laughs> the and the symbol um we it's both ridiculous. looked that he was still awake at that point because it was literally the first second but <laughs> um we looked at each other and went is thus spoke zarathustra about to play because <laughs> yeah, this... are we about to hear some organ because there was like a low note even. yeah oh yeah there was yeah Oh yeah! It was so it's, ridiculously 2001: A Space Odyssey. I thought, "This is he kidding? Like, is this?" A- <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. What? And He's definitely kidding. But then you know the music changed. But honestly, and it changed into the, you know, early rebellion symbol, which was very cool. I do like the opening. It's cool. oh yeah, no, no, it's awesome. Um, I, was, but- I had a, it was like well, it wasn't even just that. It was a combination of 2001 and Alien. Because when the when the when the letters came up, they came up as oh. like the <laughs> right. like right, right. started to form out of lines and stuff. And then we just literally get dumped into um, what is it, <laughs> yeah. Los Angeles, two thousand nineteen yeah. <laughs> or whatever it says at the beginning of Blade Runner. <laughs> it's raining. There's harsh lighting. It's weird, synthy, Vangelis music. Like what's Yep, and there's like prostitutes in like giant and, spheres on the side of the road. We go into a freaking brothel, whorehouse, and there's Tron music playing on the stereo. Like, wh- oh yeah, I just oh my god, it was so funny to me. Like, how yeah. many? It is literally the first three minutes of this show. It's insane, and they've already quoted, you know, visually or in through the music or whatever, three different sci-fi things. This t- funny. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying they continued with that at all because it didn't continue that way, but it was just weird. It was a little okay. So my first impression was kind of bizarre. I was generally overwhelmed. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. To the point that by the end of the three episodes, I wasn't even sure what I felt about it because it was very overwhelming to me because the tone was so completely different, and I'm not dumb. I heard Charlie Gilroy say that that is going to be the case, that this was not going to be a nostalgia trip in any way, shape, or form. I was aware of that, but being aware of that and then seeing two and a half hours worth of Star Wars that, I mean, 
very non-Star Wars-y Star Wars. Just very yep. different. Okay, I disagree with that, but... I mean, yeah. just, you know what I mean. It just is... is yeah. <laughs> we are now so... The pace. The pace. Well, the pace I love. It's about pace. The pace was amazing. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the pace is totally different, it though. Is. You have to admit. It is, it is. But it, we are now used to the Mandoverse. We are used to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And this could not possibly be more different than both of those thematic thematically tonally like every yep. the writing of the screenplay just yep. i mean yep. just, just everything oh yeah dude the screenplay is so good the screenplay is insanely good oh it's God. so good and i don't dude. i don't mean that those other things don't have good writing i'm just saying that this screenplay is not for well, a 10 year old Dude, The Mandalorian, every episode has, like, minimal lines. There's not even that many lines. True. Like, in these episodes. And there's like, so many words. three episodes of Andor, I'm pretty sure there's more words in these three episodes of Andor than there are in an entire season of The Mandalorian. So I'm many not words. even joking. So many words. Um, That's, like, it's cool. And also, the acting. I, oh, dude. I knew it was going to yes. be spectacular just because of the level of talent that... Well, that was not my first... Are we talking about first impression on all three? Sorry. Or are we talking... Yeah. Just literally of the... Okay, because I was saying, if we're talking about all three, then yes. Like, that is definitely part of the first impression. Because that ending episode, man. Woo. And even before that, just... Ooh. And I'm not talking about... I mean, we knew... Come on. It's Stellan Skarsgård. We know he's going to bring the gravitas and be cool. And nah, but that chemistry, I was like, mm, is that going to work? And, oh, heck is yes. Heck yes. He's amazing. I mean, yeah, dude, it works. And like, um, Fiona Shaw, same. Like, we know she's going to be great. And we already know um, Diego Luna's really, really good, too. So it wasn't even about them. It was kind of more about the new people and some of the people who are in it for like three minutes that were just, I couldn't, be, <laughs> it's just this guy that they found to play, um, oh God, again, so many names. I'm going to forget people's names left and right. Please bear with me. Um, Cyril, no. Cyril Karn, the head, the head of the Who's security that? detail. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about those guys. He, oh my gosh. Yeah. He is bananas. I mean, perfect. He's bananas. But he's perfect for that role, by the way. He couldn't be more perfect. He. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, we. I was talking to uh, Sarah um, from Friends of the Forest. We were hanging out on Saturday, and we were talking about him and just how bananas he is at this role. Yeah. And the jaw and stuff that he can't control. His jawline, his nose, he's got those weird blue eyes that make him look like he's about to burst into tears at any minute because he's yep. so freaking stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> just... Well, he reminds me of like a cross between Ramsey and the new Captain America a little bit. Yeah, he's got, well, I even said like in another, in a parallel universe, he's probably playing Superman. Oh, yeah. That's what I vibe. I vibe with he this. He looks, he's got that Clark Kent type of almost maybe maybe the jaw's a little too square and strong for that but maybe i could see him i could see him playing a clark no i love his acting at the end of the i mean yeah so Ugh, like he's the great. acting in the end dude the acting of the third episode of this show man you gotta admit i don't know how it could get better no it, it was <laughs> really, 
It was something. Dude, I think it peaked. I think it peaked already. But I, I'm kind of worried. But again, on first viewing, I was very overwhelmed. Wasn't sure what I thought, really, to be honest. Other than I knew the acting was great. The screenplay was great. But I just oh. didn't know how to feel until I watched it all a second time. The next with I watched it with your mm-hmm. dad like the next night. Oh, did he like it? Oh, yeah. He really liked it. And then it just all kind of settled in. So after that second viewing, I'm I love 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 love. You know what else about I like about this show so far? Hmm. Because there's no like necessarily like a war like we're seeing guerrilla warfare really mm-hmm. not you know a war. Um, and there's no force using, no lightsaber battles or anything like that. The value of the life of the characters being so high. Versus what it normally is, kind mm-hmm. of, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because kind of, it kind of feels like almost like they're pawns, like in other scenarios. You know, like it's always just like, oh, that guy could die, that guy could die, that guy's probably gonna die, like whatever. But but like, I feel like at the end of the three episodes, death is like a very, you know, it was treated very seriously by those people. Like they were very affected by seeing like a dead person. Mm-hmm. Versus like you just see a bunch of people die and get shot up. You know, yeah, and I feel like um, I think I have. And that's another thing written down somewhere. Dude. It's a lot, of, a lot to do with the pacing and how well Dude. they took their time to get you into this world. Basically, no stormtroopers, no, no empire. What do you mean, no stormtroopers, no empire? Right. Dude, it's so interesting. Yet they're coming, obviously. But dude, no, think about it. Three episodes. Only people on people. That's it. I have this written down, actually. They, we are, I believe, a, halfway through the second episode before we ever even see an Imperial cog. At all. Wild. It is wild. And, and when we do see it, it's pretty impactful, actually. When he, when he takes the cover off of that, um... I mean, little, it's a Pandora's box. Little box. We got thing. a Pandora's box. Yeah. See, ooh, we got to talk about this because I don't know that it was a Pandora's box. I think it's another kind of box, and I. But we got to talk about it. Okay, so uh, let's. Do you think it is? Uh, what we think. No, we'll get there. Let me just. We got to get rolling. Okay. But um, just to speak to the fact that there are so many new people, new places, new um, everything. He did. Tony Gilroy did say that this was going to be a Dickensian cast and a dickensian feel i guess meaning what is, who what no is it can you stop muting that please it's really annoying to my ears sorry stop muting can you hear that yes i can hear it it's a loud pop and it's annoying oh wow <laughs> okay i didn't know that <laughs> it's distracting me every time you do it i'm sorry okay it, so that is it it's he nailed it like it, it's exactly what it feels like what is that who is that? Charles Dickens. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I did not. I did not hear his name. But yes, Dickensian totally. Dickensian is a, is an adjective used to describe um, the feeling of a of a Dickens novel and how many freaking characters there already are. Totally. Al- always are. Yeah. And that is what this feels like, and it even feels, um, especially when you're on uh, Ferrix. Right. It feels like uh, almost 
what what era was that? Was it Victorian England? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During yeah. like the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. It kind of feels like so. that. Mm, I get that vibe. Because yeah. remember how you were vibe. like, "Wow, there's a lot of bricks." That's kind of uh-huh. weird that there's so many bricks. Yep. It is weird that there are bricks. And then it is weird. And I was like, "Wow." Yeah, that is a little <laughs> yeah. that is a little weird for Star Wars. But then it is. when I started thinking like Dickensian, Industrial Revolution, bricks. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I kind of get okay. it. Do you get? Do you think some? Ev- uh, yeah. Okay. I I get your vibe. I get your vibe. Okay, but you know how I've been obsessing lately about names of things in Star Wars, especially because if we get new characters yeah. and new places. Somebody is sitting around Lucasfilm coming up with names for things, whether it's the writer, whether it's story group, like somebody has to come up with all these names. So I get very interested when there's new names that like George didn't think of. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is just a list a mile long of new names. Hmm. So I kind of want to talk about some of them and maybe... Um, maybe a few of them are kind of giving us clues as to maybe what's going to be happening later, or maybe it's just thematic. But anyway, first thing, first things first, we find out Cassian's real name is Cassa with a K. Oh yes. Right. Right. So that's interesting. What does it mean? Well, I mean... Casa means home in in Spanish and oh right and right. it's you know Diego Luna is right. from from that I don't know what is he Colombian I forget which um, not totally sure I can't remember my head. but um so that's a little interesting that they chose to do that uh, maybe that's indicative of the fact that he doesn't have a home. Maybe Duh. that's indicative of the fact that he's looking for his sister still. Because she's True. basically the only thing he has left of his home. I don't know. Mm. Um, but my, I think... Okay, so should let me just go down like some other minor ones and then I'll get to my favorite one. Um, Luthen uh, means... is I'm, you know... When you look up a name, it's going to be like, okay, well, that's obviously a take on Luther. So you look up Luther, not Luthen. But right. <clears throat> that means army leader, warrior. Okay. Who's Luthen? Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yes, yes. And his last name is Rael, R-A-E-L. Oh. Which I... I was like, oh, that must, that's got to mean something in Hebrew, right? Because Israel, because it just. Oh, right. A-E-L is almost always a Hebrew thing, you know. Right. Michael, you know, it's just, it is. But when I kind of, I looked it up, I kind of really didn't find anything that I thought was uh, a good, (laughs) like sometimes you look up names and it'll be like some person on Reddit will be like, well, that just means um, I don't know, guitar player or something like that. Like somebody just makes it up. So yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what any of it meant, but it just, it sounds, it sounds like it's got some gravity to it. You know what I mean? Like it's, 
like he is. He's he's basically the one that's leading Cassian into his fate, more or less, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so I really like his name though, Luthien Rael. That's a that is a really good Star Wars name. It is good. It is very good. Marva, who's um uh, 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 you know, his, his adopted mom, basically. Right. Uh, lady or mistress of the house. And it just kind of sounds like Marvel also a little bit. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Um, Cyril, Cyril Karn. Yeah. Yeah. Cyril means Lord and master. Mm. <laughs> but. Which fits, like, that's what he wants to be, right? Yeah. Karn, though. The word Karn is a noun right. that I was not aware of. Oh. Literally means a pile of rocks. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> They're bullying my boy. So he's just, like, a dumbass, basically, <laughs> who oh, thinks he's a lord and master, but we, we already can tell that, yeah, he sucks. Um... Oh, this one was interesting. So I don't think they've said it yet, but Cassian Cass, Cass's sister's name is Carrie, which is interesting oh. because I have a niece named Carrie, and it's spelled almost exactly like her name is spelled <laughs> K E R I. But true, that means dark and mysterious. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. I um, I have predictions for her. I don't know if they're gonna yeah, be yeah, right, yeah. but okay. okay. So my oh, and Brasso, Brasso, who is his like, who is Cassian's like bestie. He's like the real one, like the real friend who is yeah. lying for him and helping him out with his mom and blah blah blah. So his name is Brasso, which is obviously you know you think of brass, which is a metal. And we're about to talk about metal as a major theme okay. here. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. My favorite thing. Ferrix, the planet where Cassian lives. And we get to know it very well in this ep- in these three episodes. Ferrum in Latin means iron. Yes, sir. F-E on the periodic table stands for iron. Iron. And ferrous and... I know you're not telling me that. You're telling yourself that. I'm just I already know. telling the people. In case they don't remember their chemistry. Ferris and ferric refer to, you know, like ions of iron. That's hard to say. Ions of iron. That is hard to say. But, um, so iron, uh, it's like the real world, is the most common element on Earth by mass. Oh. Not only that, but it is a necessity for life, for, for, for animals and plants. Like, it's absolutely, you, you've got an iron problem, you're not going to live very long. So it's very interesting I mean, yeah, the, to me. The iron metaphor is cool. The, the iron metaphor is giving me life. I love it yeah. so much because this yeah. whole planet... Just about everybody that we see on this planet somehow depends on metal for a living, just just for their income, basic income. 
they depend on it for, you know, the dude in the tower, literally telling them when is the time to get up? When is the time to go to work? When is the time to stop work? He's banging on a piece of metal. It's it's like part of their whole culture and way of life on this yeah. planet. Yeah, like the culture of the planet. It really, it was fostered very well in the writing. And we're going to talk about how that, like, see, it seeped into the score, the musical score, and yeah. how it's all just like so. The it's synergy. It. It's, it's tight in it. It's tight, bro. It's tight. It's a tight show. That's the best way to put it. And it's hurting my heart that there are people. I've I've heard at least three people say. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. heard somebody say there's no music to speak of in this show, and I just want to be like, Are you kidding? No, but you gotta understand. A lot of people. I kind of understand. A lot of people don't, you know, dabble with like unpitched music. I guess like, I, I, mean, I understand that, that they're expecting orchestral... You know, melody, leitmotif. Right. Um, so I kind of understand that. <laughs> I'm not looking at those people and being like, are you joking? But like, I are, mean, but, uh, listen to it, though. There's clearly music is, in it, the show. It is a music. Well, that see, that's the thing. Okay, okay, I have a whole... I have a whole bone to pick, bro. I got mad the other day. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I mean mad. I was angry. Okay. okay. I was angry. Now, oftentimes, I don't get mad at Star Wars people, right? Fans of Star Wars. I don't get mad. Not like you. I'm not like you most of the time. <laughs> I don't get mad only when they're being racist, misogynistic. Well, yo. Yeah. You know, you know what? But I know, no, I mean, sometimes, you know, people talk trash about what you like, and I think that sometimes that gets to you a little more than it gets to me sometimes. Um. But I'm sorry, man. So so okay, let me let me preface with this. So I'm actually taking a music. Oh, it's called Intro to World Music, which I hate. I hate that name. But it's basically an ethnomusicology class for ten weeks. And we learn pretty much right the first. I think the first class we learned about the what's called what music is, and like understanding music in a context of ethnomusicology, and how there are different musics plural. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that this show with it, you know, being so about like diversity and culture, you know, emphasizing those things versus like mechanized war, you know, because that's the thing, because, you know, like we've gotten that that metaphor so much about this, like light versus dark. But this is kind of a different take on that, because now we're talking about like culture versus dark a little bit. Mm hmm. It's very different than like lightsabers and Jedi and stuff. But I was saying, as I was saying, um, it's just interesting to see a new kind of music in Star Wars. And not only that, but it's also being used. And I think I mentioned that it's very Battlestar Galactica in that way. In my opinion. Mm, I, oh, yeah. the Well, what'd you get mad about, though? You haven't said that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it is really late. I am so out of it, dude. <laughs> um, I was actually just falling asleep a couple minutes ago. Oh, That's my. Crazy. Come on, Colin. You can't um, fall asleep. <laughs> but the the thing that made me, the thing that makes me upset, I don't know, you know. You you know, people are just saying, like, this isn't Star Wars. It's like, dude. It, 
It made me so Well, mad, it by dude. definition is Star Wars because it's being well, right. made by Lucasfilm. So but people, but dude, you know as well as I know it. that people are saying it. People are saying it doesn't feel like Star Wars. So to and them, I'm... that means it's not Star Wars, which uh, I understand okay, okay, the concept okay, okay. of that. Yo, but get this, right? There are four things. I've come to determine this. There are four things that are not in this show yet that characterize Star Wars, like, period, end of story. There's four things that are not in there, but everything else is in there. And those four things are Sith, Jedi, lightsabers, the Force. Those four things are not in this show yet. I'm not going to include troopers because we know troopers are coming. We've seen in the trailer. Yeah. So, like, are you really going to tell me? It doesn't feel like Star Wars. If there's a couple things missing, like let me ask you this: If Darth Vader was not in Rogue One, would it be Star Wars? Because honestly, I don't know if people would say it. Oh, it was yeah, it because it. it had it had the Force in it. It did, and eh. it felt Star Warsy in a, in a lot of ways. It had the it had a theme of hope. Like it was it was very much. But it was on the nose. Right. And a lot of Star Wars is thing. extremely on well, the nose. No, but that's the other thing, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the other, that's the other thing I was getting at. It's like, dudes, the Force is here. <laughs> Y'all got to realize it's always working. Of course it is. It's always behind the Whether scenes. Whether or not Tony Gilroy wants you're to name it, bro. then that's, that, that's fine. But if, if, you're, right. if he doesn't want to, then that's fine too because we're not talking about the royal family anymore. We're not talking about right. Jedi oh, and Sith and aristocracy and all of that. Right. We're talking about literally people that live on a planet named after iron that work with their hands. They're blue collar. They're factory workers. They are everyday frigging lower middle class people. That is right. who we're talking about in these three episodes. We're about to flip the switch and get to Mon Mothma, who we know is like fancy schmancy. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna turn fancy fancy schmancy. You know, Tuesday at two p at two a.m. and we're getting it. But I I understand the concept of people saying it doesn't feel like Star Wars because to them it has to have those elements for it to be Star Wars to them. But right. again, and I was a little bit shell-shocked the first time I watched it. Like I said, it was super different. And I maybe wasn't, yeah. I had not prepared my soul quite well enough. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But I also knew that, okay, I know that I'm in shock a little bit right now. And as soon as I watch it again, I'm going to be able to concentrate more and settle oh, in yeah. and literally just settle into it. And I did. And it's great. I'm like totally cool. All of it's great. Love it. But some people don't adjust, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> I'm sorry you got mad. I just got mad just because it's like, dude, I don't want to say this, but I'm kind of feeling a certain way. Okay, it's okay. fine. It's fine. I, if it's not for everyone, it's not for everyone. No, it's no, no, no. And then, no, no. The, you know, it's I, whatever. Dude, no, 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 no. But I'm just, I just feel like, well, there's a lot of people talking trash about it. Well, let them. And I, but I just like, we don't I agree. hate the idea of just like, 
because the only people who I've heard who don't like it are white dudes. That's the only person I've not heard anyone. I've seen like ten different opinions from ten different white dudes. Literally, I can, I can count them. You know, I counted them, and it's like I, I obviously I'm generalizing, mm-hmm. but brother, which is weird <laughs> because this is the guy that wrote the Bourne movies. Yeah, right. But dude, I'm saying the like, most I, white I don't dude know. of white dude movies. Like those. It kind of are... feels like it kind of feels like people are just not able to relate to a character that doesn't kind of like look like them. Or something like well, that. Well, and we, you know, that may That's have something, something to do that with I it think's going on. as well. But um, there are some people, though, that I am, like, friends with that I know are are, are not like that. That that yeah. are just like, nope. Nope. Oh, see, that's very interesting. I want to talk to people like that. All right. Well, it will. I'm here to. We are about to say the one thing that people cannot nitpick on in that way is the score because this score oh, dude. so far oh slappage is frigging brilliant slappage brilliant whether it's tonal or In not whether it's jwz or not which it isn't yep no um but neither was ludwig's and that's people true. love that that's facts. but it's also tonal and it's also like mm. it's like glossy you know what i mean yeah it is it is nicholas Bratel does not write that way nicholas Bratel is a pianist that's like his you know weapon of choice basically and we talked about colin and i already talked about this a little bit how piano is kind of both a percussion instrument and a string instrument and listening to some i did go back and listen to some of his um work that i'm like okay i know i've heard the succession theme i don't watch that show but i know i've heard people talk about his um his score on that show. So I went back and listened to the theme and I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And other things like, um, moonlight. There is a beautiful piece of music. You've probably heard from that movie. It's all strings. It's not tonal. It's all over the place. That's cool. It's beautiful. Succession is literally classical music actually classical oh. like his classical music but it's all strings piano um some synth it's it's basically in percussion it's basically what he uses on <clears throat> so far on andor and the only thing i listened to that had any kind of horn or woodwind in it was a piece from if beale street could talk i don't know if you've seen that movie but okay yeah uh you mentioned that the complete absence of horns and woodwinds in this score so far, mm-hmm. which is notable. Very notable. Because Star Wars without very horns different. and woodwinds, weird. It's very different. Yep, that's different. Very different. But I'm also kind of wondering, because the the score for Ferrix in particular, the music on Ferrix and on Canari actually, which we haven't even mentioned yet, Canari is really specific to percussion a lot right a ton of percussion and then on the uh the oh, these planet names man i'm never gonna get it <laughs> morlana more you know where the, where the the corporation is and where the brothel was super synthy super blade runner super tron but None of that is normal for Star Wars. None of it. So I guess I can see where people are like, they're 
where's the score? What's going on? Like, well, it's going on. You just have to like retune your brain a little bit to what is Star Wars music because this is Star Wars music. Surprise. <laughs> like we have we have a complete lack of horns and woodwinds now, at least so far. But I'm wondering if the next arc which is probably going to be on Coruscant and it's, a, you know, it's like going to be the Senate and fancy and, um, Oh yeah. A little bit of some fanfare. A um, little bit of some brass. I'm just kinda, fanfare. Dude. I'm just kind of wondering. Do... I'm wondering if it's going to switch Fanfare for the common man. Fanfare for the common man, but the Star Wars version. That's what they need to do somewhere in this show. Maybe. We'll see what it's happens. It's literally called fanfare for the common man. Well, but that's very specific to Ferrix, though. It's not really specific to the Senate. Those aren't common men. I mean, no. Those are fancy no, people. No, I'm imagining, like, Star Wars Gabrielli for the Senate. You know? But I, I think it'd be interesting if he's saving, you know, any kind of horns or woodwinds for... Yeah. I mean, we are, we are laying... We are witnessing masterful film orchestration with this score. You know, the composition's good. But the orchestration is really good. Really good. Can we talk about how... What we were talking about in the car on the way back to the city. When you were saying how it's really cool that he chose to focus on percussion. Yes. Yeah. Especially talking about when we're seeing like an indigenous population on... Yep. Um, well, Canari, and then we've already talked a little bit about like the metal, like the the heavy metal that's going on. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just be honest. If you now had to pick a planet to live on, you'd pick Ferrix, wouldn't you? Because percussionists are everything on Ferrix, apparently. I mean, yeah, I'd be, I would be a legend on that. You planet. would. <laughs> It'd be so cool. I'd be playing grooves all the time. Uh, yeah. You'd you'd that guy up in the tower would be fired. Yeah, you would have his job. Totally. But anyway, you were. And you know what's very interesting, by the way? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't mention this. So there is a symphony that Mahler wrote. Do you know about this one with the hammer? Oh, I think you might have mentioned it before. Well, yeah. Like normally, even though you're not up on, you don't like Mahler. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not a huge fan. But Mahler. <laughs> Wrote this symphony that has a percussion part, and in the percussion part, you are required to take a giant hammer and like swing it down on this on a really big like cube of of wood. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not. I'm actually. It's funny. I've never actually heard it, so I'm not really totally sure what it sounds like. But it literally is a hammer. Like I mean, a, an actual sledgehammer that you have to lift up and you have to swing down onto the wood. Um, well, maybe we need to listen to that because maybe uh, Nicholas Bratel knows about that piece and was like, hey, I have a really I mean, good idea. It's a, a very interesting coincidence that that is it's a thing on the ground and this dude has hammers and he's drumming on them and it's like a huge pinnacle thing. And then that is the cli- like the hammer coming down in the Mahler symphony is the climax of the entire symphony. Hmm. Like that's the moment. Where everything stops and changes, and it kind of goes a falling action after that. Wow, that's um, interesting. But talk about how you were saying how oh, you know, 
it's it's interesting you chose to focus on percussion because of the it is indigenous planet and well yeah it's also just like the idea that percussion percussion i mean this again i don't know this is kind of my opinion but percussion in my opinion is the closest you're gonna get to nature when you play your instrument because that instrument whatever you're playing is just straight up like you are you are just hitting something with something like that like that is the that is the way sound is produced it doesn't matter if you're playing a string instrument it doesn't matter if you're playing a wind instrument it doesn't matter if you're playing a brass instrument it doesn't matter if you're playing piano no matter what every sound you know a car crash you know versus a piano what's the similarity the similarity is that things are hitting each other and you're hearing that you know what i mean Percussion is just that, but with all the complexity kind of taken away. It's just you're hitting something and creating pitch and noise out of it. It's very simple, very basic, but it's also – it's just it just has like an earthen quality to it, um, like a rooted quality to it because, again, like you think back to the beginning of man and the first instrument was percussion. And like it's just it's, – it's this kind of like interesting piece of heritage that I think that is in the culture of those people. And I think that th- that's what makes that moment in episode three so powerful when everyone starts running to those things and starts like hitting them yeah, because it's like, it's so good. we're not going to join like this, like messed up progressiveness. Like we're, this is like the roots, you know, and we're just going to like scare you with it. And the fact you know? that it's like metal it. again, yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. using when they do that. And the fact that again, that this guy in this tower is using a metal hammer to hit this big giant piece of metal and everybody's their day is marked by that at least twice a day that we've heard it's really really cool you guys it's very cool what they're doing and the way that they're making that into like um uh a community like you're you yes these are all you know nobody's rich on this planet they're not going to get rich working in the scrapyard. Bix is not going to get rich working on her um, pod racing engines and and what and whatever. Oh uh, yeah. But this is, but everybody is a part of this community together, and it seems to be all based around metal and specifically again, this planet is called Ferrix, which literally means iron and iron is essential for life it's really freaking cool so take that like in the story and then compound that by putting some of that stuff in the score where yeah this oh yeah baby this diegetic percussion moves into the non-diegetic score several times this happens in just these three episodes. So it's it's like it's flowing from them to outside to us to them to outside. Yep. To, like it's really freaking cool. I, I, it's very, dude, that sound mixing is incredible, dude. My brain really no, yeah, like, kind Again, of I have never seen up. anything like that no, in Star Wars. No, I, oh, no especially not in Star Wars. But, um, oh, and then when they're in the factory, you know, it's... um. Cassian and Luthen and they're talking if you listen really closely yeah dude there's this chinging sound yep yep 
And at first you're like, oh, that's the chains hanging from the ceiling. But is it? Because the chains aren't moving. Like there's no wind or anything moving these chains. They're not Mm. blowing around or anything. So then it's like, are they hearing that? Or is it just us? Like I can't even tell. I couldn't even tell. Well, I think that's the point. I think that that entire buildup is to make it feel like you're them in that room being surrounded. It's like you don't so know. Good. It's so good what they're doing. And then it is. Again, it's very going good. back to what you were saying, you know, how they all um, start banging on things. Almost, you know, it's kind of like an alarm system to tell everybody uh, ish is going down, you know, help. Everybody pay attention. Everybody, we need to, like, be team player here. But it's also kind of like war drums. Because they're, like, they're just not having these these mall cops at all, like, get out of here. And they were told to begin with, earlier on in the show, one of the employees at the corporation told that guy, Cyril Karn, these people have their own way of doing things. You're going to go in there thinking that... <laughs> You're going to make you're going to make some big impact. And and I'm you know, she was basically implying they're not going to have it like good luck to you because they're just not going to deal with this. They have their own thing going on there. Yeah, those people are crazy. So. Metal for them, it unites them. It's their livelihood. They literally keep time by it. (laughs) They work with it every day. And it's built into the score. Just all of that wrapped up in, in into the score is. Oh my god, we haven't even talked about the freaking drum solo that comes from out of nowhere at the end of episode two. Even even the first time I watched it, when I told you I was kind of like, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure how this is going for me. When that happened, it was like. I woke uh, I woke the f up like I was like, <laughs> oh my dear lord, what is happening? I looked over at you. Of course, you were sound asleep, but I'm like, God, I can't believe he's asleep for this. This is so freaking cool. <laughs> we have never. I had was taken aback by that. A drum kit. <laughs> yep. Ever. I know. In, in start, know. not even close. Nothing even close to this. I guess the closest we got was uh, the Cantina Band, honestly. But even then. But that was swung. Yeah, that was you know? jazz. That wasn't like this was rock and roll. Now those were those were messy hi hats, bro. <laughs> <laughs> messy there, those messy hi hats. And I told Colin, As it should be. you need to set, you need to find that cue and like isolate it because I want it in this episode. But I don't, I'm sure you don't have time to do that, dude. I don't know how to do that. Okay, well, needless to say, we both so far think this score is kicking some serious ass. It's great. True. So please give it a chance. No, it is not J-Dubs. No, it is not even Ludwigie. It's nothing like that. It's very, very different so far. The orchestration is freaking good in this show so far. The orchestration is very, 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 very good. Also, yeah, just the fact that it's strings, too. Oh. And percussion. Well, the, the last whatever, like five six minutes of episode three is just yeah we're gonna rip your heart out with a bunch of strings now and make you feel stuff (laughs) adagio adagios get you every time (laughs) 
So the last thing I want to talk about as far as this whole percussion slash um, metal theme that's going on is just something that's kind of interesting because usually when you think of at least the original trilogy, I guess, they were, he was, Lucas was very clear about like the rebellion is the natural and it's Organa and it's um, (laughs) having your base on a, in a, in a forested, beautiful place. And you know what I mean? And the empire is metal. The empire is like glossy, polished metal. Like the Death Star is a big metal friggin orb. Hmm. So it's really interesting to me that they have chosen to use this kind of metal theme as um, the opposite, basically. It's kind of like anti-fascist. I mean, anti-corporate, I guess. I wouldn't say anti-capitalist because they literally sell stuff all the time. Like that's how they make their living. They sell stuff all the time or they Mm -hmm. steal stuff or they trade stuff. But you know what I mean? It's like, um, Mm -hmm. it's not corporate. It's not like, because they hate these mall cops a lot. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) They're all about their community and everything and everybody like helps everybody for the most part. Well, I was going to say the fact that they're hitting the metal, though, it's almost like turning a non, like a, a non-natural thing, like making it natural, like making it their own, you know, like this is their town kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and the other, the other, we've talked about already how just the name of the planet, Ferrix, yeah, indicates iron, which is a natural thing like it's a natural element you need it in your blood you plants need it but it is also used to for warfare right kind of an interesting take on the dow honestly if you think about it i guess yeah kind of is throwback to uh kenobi (laughs) because it can be it can go one way or the other it can be you know the binary of it is very real Sure, and you know, obviously, both sides have ships and and all of that, and that's true. But it just seems like on just the um, the indicate, you know, the 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 reference of iron in the name of the planet. I don't know. It just it to me it's meaning like it's part of their culture and it's part of who they are and their community, and they literally show them, you know banging on these things to come together to help each other basically so i don't know it's just an interesting contrast to what we're kind of used to as far as the rebellion and the the empire goes all right i think we need to talk about the actual episodes (laughs) did you still on page one (laughs) oh god how many pages are there i'm not telling you i don't tell you these things anymore because you you get on my case, but um, all right. I'm gonna shut up. That I'm gonna sit back and watch. I don't know if you know this, but they actually titled the episodes now. Like they have titles; they're not just episode one, two, oh. three. So episode. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. I feel like they did that with Mandalorian or uh, with Kenobi. Did they? No, they didn't do it with Kenobi because it was just. Um, no, they didn't do that with Kenobi. I don't think. 
I think it must have been Book of Boba Fett, maybe. Oh. Where they would give us the titles later. Right. Also, sorry like, in advance. I have like, there are like three fans that are on right now in my small apartment, so it's definitely oh. audible, audible, audible. Well, we are officially um, have the furnace on, so it's back Whoa. to the furnace, loud furnace kicking on right behind me. Yeah, why is it so cold now, boys? <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> we went from like no, I love it. 85 and humid to 50 and cloudy and rainy and nothing in between. And I'm sitting here with my vitamin D deficiency. Oh no. I cannot get I cannot get my levels. You cannot get that you I cannot get that satisfaction. I can't get can't my levels up. Like I don't know and that, this has been summertime, so what's gonna happen over the winter? I'm gonna just fade away, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Anyhow By the way, by the way, today in my at my job, I worked a tech crew today mm-hmm. at at school. And I got to work in the opera house today. Oh. And um, I've been working in it more and more recently. I think it's just because there's, there's few people on the team that are trusted with that tech because it is very, you have to go up in the catwalks with a harness on. It's very tech. It's very like real stuff. I don't like it. Um, no, it's very scary. But today, uh, I, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I don't know. Like, I guess when you bring up like community and just like metal and all that, there's like a part of the shift where we had to figure out how to get these really heavy lights from the ground up into the catwalks and we couldn't carry them up like they're too heavy to do it oh here comes the furnace any second oh. <laughs> too heavy it was it's too heavy to do it so like we we ended up using rope and we like would tie two lights together using this rope and then using a carabine carabiner mm-hmm. and then we would literally have one someone up at the top of the catwalk like pulling the lights up with the rope it was very uh yikes very what, manual what opera are they doing right now well, they just did one. Oh. Um, they just did. It's in. You know, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a. It's one I've never heard of. Fake fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not a fan of opera. Okay, so episode one has been titled "Casa." Casa. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So right. obviously they wanna they want us to re- recognize the fact that he's got a name a different name, and. You know, FYI, that name means home. home in Spanish. But, yeah. you know, he ain't got no home. That's kind of the issue here, right? Maybe. True. But, interestingly, the director of all three of these episodes, Toby Haynes. You you watch a lot of Black Mirror, right? Uh, Yeah, I watched the first season. USS Callister. Oh, yes. Yes. Toby Haynes directed that. Uh-huh. Toby Haynes directed one of my all-time favorite Doctor Who episodes. Which one? The Christmas Carol Christmas episode. Oh yeah, with the with the uh with the uh with the with the with the cyborg guys. Yeah, I believe they were cyborg guys, but it's literally like Scrooge. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. And one of the better Sherlock episodes. Oh. The, dude, that guy's packing. The Reichenbach fall. Which has Mori- oh. Moriarty in it. Yes. So yeah, episode. this guy. I mean, He's it's packing heat. It's weird that those are just like the three that he did, but those are the three that he did. And they're Gems, bro. All really good. Um, yeah. Okay, so you were actually awake during this part of the episode. Wait, hold on. What are you wearing, bro? 
What am what I that? wearing? I am what wearing a crew neck sweatshirt from Target. It's like it's it's that crazy. That has like checkerboard on it. It's really weird. It's it's I bought it because it's very J Hope and I like it. I was gonna say, are you listening to acid rap these days? Like, what's happening? No, it's just very J Hope. Okay. All right. Um, we as I think we already talked about how the second this thing started, we were like 2001, and then five seconds yeah. later, we're like Blade we Runner, and then they get inside the club, and there's Tron music playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're looking at each other, going, "What is happening?" Is this just going to be like a big homage to every other sci-fi thing? We've yeah, ever I was seen? a little nervous. I was but a little honestly, nervous too after that. Maybe he was doing that as a satire. Now that I think about it, he might have because of maybe. the fact that he wants this show to be like starkly unfamiliar to us, you know? Maybe, because those are just hardcore sci-fi things. Yeah. And Star Wars is not sci-fi. Really, right? I mean, name. I, mean, I just love that. Name it, one I love thing that starts... that's sci-fi about Star Wars. Like it's it's in space, basically. But you don't even have to be in space yep. to be sci-fi. So that exactly. doesn't even count. Yeah. Well, yeah. People people often uh, incorrectly categorize Star Wars as being sci-fi. It's there's, not. There's been a lot of that on the Twitter timeline lately. Is. Lately, and I'm yeah. I'm just like, oh, please stop talking, because. Yeah, because there's no. There's no science, <laughs> and there's there's also like, it is a fantasy. It is a fantasy. It's about magic dudes. wizards. Yes, and it is a fantasy literally witches. Space. But that is why it is iconic, and that is why Joseph Campbell was so attracted to it. I think because it was a very keen, ambiguous marriage of the two, mm-hmm. you know, but to a viewer. But like, this show, pretty oh yeah, pretty much sci-fi. It is. It is. It is. So you're right. Maybe that was just like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. This yes. is different. And and Blade Runner being a noir as well. Oh, true. This show is super noiry. It's at very le- noiry. At least that first part when they're Dude, on. You know that Marlana. one scene? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's right, 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 right. Yes, that part. But also the uh, the scene in episode three. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. But the scene in episode three where um, what's the the female character's name? Like the love interest potentially. Bix. Yeah, she, she, uh, and her other guy. Tim with two M's. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, when they, like, got into that argument at that shop, and it was, like, a close-up, like, they were, like, and she's, like, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do, that's so, so noir, dude. Like, femme fatale mm, kind of thing. That's true. I do love Bix, um, and we were going to talk about her, because yes, I want to talk yes. about Bix a lot. Um, For sure. Okay, I, so this has got to be the first Star Wars whorehouse, Red Light District. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's got It's interesting. Yeah. I mean... I loved it. I loved it. I, I thought it was so cool. I, well, again, I was I was a little shell-shocked seeing that. Like, And I also oh thought God. that was 2001. There, 2001 as well. There are... There are peop- There are solicitors in windows. <laughs> what is happening? I'm scared. Well, I also, I also thought that was 2001 related because of the ending. The solicitors in the windows. Well, no, just the fact that they were in spheres. They were sphere. Oh, oh like oh. these things. Oh, maybe. Well, you know what? We have a lot of geometric shapes going on. Yes. Specifically, a lot on. Ferrics, but also, well, it's kind of weird. Like, Morlana. Okay, so there's Morlana one, 
right? What is that? That's the planet. Where that they start on? Yeah, but then there's like the the Preox Morlana corporate building or whatever, and that's later. Mm -hmm. That's like where the headquarters is, I guess. So I I assume this, that's all the same planet because it, I think it all said Morlana, but they're like significantly different areas because they kept mm-hmm. they kept talking about how well that's a district that or that you know that really great chief inspector guy you know <laughs> saying that these guys were in the pleasure district which they shouldn't have been at the expensive one that they can't afford or right. shouldn't be able to afford drinking drinks that they're not allowed to drink while they're on duty so who cares mm-hmm. if they got killed because it's their own fault was basically his his whole spiel which he was down to earth about his it, man. spiel was amazing um i mean yeah it was great cop cop dialogue oh my god it was, it was which was again cop. very blade runner yeah very yes. blade runner oh my gosh totally totally yeah interesting and the whole wasn't there even a wasn't there even an enhanced moment like there was the, an, like there was an enhanced moment. Oh, come on, yeah. Dude. Calm Cyril down. Karn was like oh, trying yeah, to yeah. find the vehicle or something that I guess that. Um, no, 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 no. They were he, they were trying Cassian to find. They was leaving on. That's not right. That's not right. What do you mean? I don't think. I think. I think they were right. trying to locate where he was from, or mm-hmm. if he was he was the guy they thought he was because like he had fake identities stored in the mm-hmm. records. No, it was like a vehicle tracing moment. Okay, okay. When they were, when he was like, whatever. He wasn't saying enhanced, but it was basically enhanced. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because <laughs> you laughed and it was like, oh, come on. Um, no, I literally said enhanced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the oh, deal is no. Cassian goes to this whorehouse, oddly, um, because he is looking for his sister, Carrie. They don't say her mm-hmm. name yet, but that's what it says, like on imdb and stuff um so what do we have we have separated siblings of course we do Mm -hmm. um and it's a boy and a girl of course it is they're not twins though at least at least we're getting away from the twins um and there's these two um a-hole um (laughs) guys that you know work for this agency that's pre-ox morlana security agency which confused me for quite some time yeah it did say because i'm like who are we what are we <laughs> who are these people they're not imperial because they're not wearing the right colors mm-hmm. so it just like it like took me a minute to kind of figure out that they must be contracted out by the either they were contracted by the empire or they were just always there yeah right right and now they have to report to the empire or else they're going to get it kind of feels shut like down. that it kind of feels like that it kind of feels like that again because of that um so there's like a tension the chief everywhere. Ins- yeah the chief inspector was pretty much like we don't want I have to go to a meeting tomorrow and I have to talk to these Imperials and they're going to be asking me questions and they're going to want to know about the crime rates. And if I go in there and have to tell them that two of our officers were murdered and now there's a guy on the run and we don't know where he is and we don't know anything about like it's going to be a big problem. So mm-hmm. what you're going to do, Cyril Karn, is you're going to make up a story 
And then I don't have to say any of that. Then I can just go in and <laughs> and say nothing and just say everything's great. And they're not going to come looking around and they're not going to come bother us about it. Right. That was his whole MO, basically. And, of course, Karn is. Right. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet. And we're kind of jumping over a bunch of stuff. But <clears throat> someone on the Internet said. <laughs> the internet. Karn is Javert. And now I cannot think of oh. anything else. He is a hundred million Nailed percent. Javert. Actually, the whole story is lame as, dude. Well, I mean, he did kill, uh, accidentally killed one guy and purposefully killed the other guy. So it's a little worse than a loaf uh, of bread. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But he really did do something bad. Um,. That's so okay, fair. I think maybe the similarity ends with just him being Javert, but he literally that's is. so true. So true, dude. And I think that's what they're just going to do with him. He's that just... doesn't mean good things for him, though. No. Rip. It doesn't. Because <laughs> normally we would look at that character and be like, oh, my God, redemption arc, of course. Mm-hmm. But A, we've kind of already had that exact story in um, Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, he feels like the exact same character. With Hot Callus. Who, who, yeah, he feels like the exact same character, except he was an Imperial, obviously. And we just had yeah. Kenobi, where um, Reva was fully, re- you know, the Inquisitor right. was fully redeemed. Oh, spoilers for Kenobi, sorry. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> but, so, I don't know. I think maybe they're just going to take him to the end, just like Javert. I don't know. But Javert th- dies. Javert dies. Javert unalives himself. Yeah, but yeah. So how Which, dark are we gonna get with this? I, I mean, don't know. dude. I mean, Clomor's had. Sorry, trigger warning. But Clomor's had like suicide bombings. Right. And I, I um, I was talking to Sarah. So they've already been dark. Sarah from Friends of the Force, she was actually the one that tweeted out that she had been hearing people comparing him to Javert because she's a big musical theater person. If, by the way, if you don't know who Javert is, <laughs> oh, yeah. probably should have said, he is a character in Les Miserables, uh, and he yes. is the antagonist. And Two, he, four, six, oh, one. And he, is, he is a inspector, um, police officer, who becomes obsessed with arresting the protagonist Jean Valjean when all he's really done is steal a loaf of bread so he wouldn't he and other people would not starve to death but he doesn't care to him justice must be served and Karn is literally the same character you know what though there is a huge difference that I'm noticing what's that big difference between the two is that Karn can't cannot walk the walk he can't walk the walk we've seen that he can talk the talk, but not walk the walk. He can't well, even really talk the talk. I mean, he tried his best. I know, but like Javert was like, he was, Javert he had also, his stuff together. Mm, he gets his ass kicked. Does he really? Yes, I can't he remember, does. I guess. Jean Valjean kicks his butt physically in a fight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like one of Jean Valjean's big characteristics is he's super, super strong. And that's how he gets right. busted because... Right. He saves somebody by he saves a kid or something by lifting up a really heavy cart, and somehow oh, Jamba, yeah. and somehow Javert hears about this her, this very strong man, and he like tracks him down. 
Right, right. Um, and then they have a fight, and I'm almost positive Jean Valjean kicks his butt because he's so strong. But anyways, okay. um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess I see what you're saying. Karn is a little less, yeah. less competent. Yeah. And mo- a little more pathetic. See, honestly, you know that other guy that he works with in episode three? Ugh, I hate that guy. Yeah. I loved his acting, though. I thought he was perfect Ugh. for that role. You, I don't like him at all. Not, I mean, yeah, the actor's great. Yeah. I don't like that character at all. At least really? Karn, at least Karn, like... I appreciate the commitment, though. Sure, but I hope... I hope he gets what's coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, jeez. Jeez. Hey, man, he had his homies die in front of him, bro. I know. Okay, fine. Um, well, anyway, so, yeah. Um, Cassian's trying to find his sister in the whorehouse, and these two security guards overhear him say he's from Canary, or he's looking for his sister who's from Canary. And that is the little tiny bit of info. Um... That gets him in trouble because they eventually figure out that the murderer of these two people, these two officers, is from Canary. Um, so I don't think we even talked about Canary much before. No. But the one, the one thing that, well, actually, two things came to mind when I heard. Um, no, that's not true. With Canary, it was like, I actually thought they said Canary initially mm-hmm. when they, when he said, told the, uh, the lady at the brothel who the planet, you know, where, where the sister was from. Yeah. I, if I hadn't had the closed captions on, I probably would have thought he said Canary. Oh, but no, I heard Canary. But anyway, it's interesting that that name is so similar to Canary. You know, I'm obsessed with names. It's a new planet. So, of course, I'm (laughs) going to, like, be thinking about it. And um, there's a mine. And there was a mining accident. True. And there's the whole Canary in a coal mine. Yeah. When the miners used used to take the Canaries down into the coal mine because they would die first if there was a toxic um you know something toxic in the air it's so interesting that's <laughs> such an interesting approach and that's like literally what's going on on canary when we have our flashback our first flashback true um we've or and then we find out little it's very cool how like they just pepper these facts throughout the three episodes like at first you just see the all these kids and you're like where are the parents Mm-hmm. It's only kids, and I right. and I was kind of like, I, because I just don't ever think of the normal references. My first thought was that episode of Star Trek, where I think Ron Howard's brother is in that episode. Trevor oh, well. is it? What's his name? It's not Trevor. Anyway, Ron Howard's brother, who has been in a lot of, lot of stuff. Um. And Ron Howard always puts him in, in his movies. Um, but Makes sense. there was this episode of Star Trek where there were no adults and there was a whole planet of kids. And they called the grown-ups grups. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
And that's all I really remember about that episode. And there's well, a girl. Nice job. There was a girl named Mar. What was her name? Marnie or Mar Mary or Mari or something like that. Anyway, mm. that's what I thought of first. Okay, <laughs> it's just I did not super think that. weird and obscure. But you, you're like, well, they're kind of like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. I'm like, yes, that is a much more normal <laughs> response. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they are for real. So, but anyway, the point is, like, you notice that first, and then somebody says something about, oh, Canari. I've never heard of Canari. And then somebody else says later, well, wasn't it that planet where there was a mining accident and, like, everybody died and the Empire basically won't let anybody on that planet now because it's toxic? Right. And you just find out these little facts here and there. So they're not like spoon feeding you a bunch of information on a silver platter, you know? You kind of just have to pay attention more. Which I personally like. Yeah. I would rather it be like that than just, you know, obvious, on the nose, huge story points. I agree. Shoved at me. I feel the same way. No, yeah, I like how it's handled. I like how things are compartmentalized like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I do have a note here that I wondered if these were Cassian's first murders. Oh, yeah. Cause he's, Not really sure. He seemed kind of. He did run like that. Yeah. And it you can kind of see. This is, Diego Luna's really good in this role. <laughs> like, he's yeah. really good. You Dude. can kind of see the look on his face when he realizes I have to kill this other guy now because he's never going to let me go. Right. And then he kills him. And then, yeah, like runs away like a banshee because he's yeah freaking out. And he's freaking out really hard once he gets back to Ferrix. Like, I get the impression that it was his first time. Yeah, you might be right about that, actually. I didn't think about that. Which is interesting because we meet him in Rogue One and the very first thing he does is yeah. kill, kill his friend. Like his informant. Yeah. So pretty 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 crazy. Yeah, so it feels like we're The character development will be interesting to watch. Yeah, it will be. Which brings me back to like what really gets him going on that path to be basically an assassin. Yeah. And I think it's his sister. I think he's right. gonna find out not great things happen to his sister. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. You want to t- I guess I'll bring that up later maybe. But um, Yeah. <clears throat> so, um he goes back to Ferrix after he flees. And that's kind of where we get our first really good look at Ferrix. And it says that, like, the title card says, Ferrix, Morlani System, Free Trade Sector. Hmm. So, this is not a planet that, and they mention, and again, there are little clues here and there by, in the dialogue, like, somebody says, oh, like, when they, when they come there to find Cassian, the, um, the, uh, I don't even know what to call them. 
the pre the premores they call them premores i guess oh yeah prem yeah um when they come there to find cassie and one of the one of the ferrix guys says oh blue coat blue jackets or whatever he calls them we haven't seen them for a while and then that other girl that works for karn says you don't want to go there they got their own way of doing things like it's kind of hands off and he's like well they're under our jurisdiction and they're gonna do what we want you know like so it's kind of like this free trade sector thing. Right. They're, they don't get a lot of interference, I guess. And well, yeah, no, I don't think they do. I think that's the point. And that's probably why they have their little alarm system. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we're not putting up with this junk. <laughs> what did you think of the wall of gloves? I thought it was dope. I thought, I thought, it, was we- I thought it was weird, but I thought it was really cool. It is weird, but it is really cool. And, and it, it makes sense. It makes sense. But it's also kind of like... It's kind of eerie as well. Well, it's kind of like the guy in the tower, you know? There are easier ways to tell you what time of the day it is. Yeah. There are probably easier ways to store your gloves. <laughs> you could take them home. No, nah, man, it's the culture. You don't need... But yeah, it's like we are a community... And this is just part of our culture, and we have these walls of gloves, and we work with our hands. So it's kind of ceremonial for us to have, like, this display, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It was it was very interesting, and it added. So the coolest thing about these first, at least this first episode and maybe the second half of the second one, is how kind of paced it was to more like a slower pace where you just see people going about their normal day doing stuff that isn't exactly star star wars like exciting they're not flying ships they're not getting in pew pew battles they're just <laughs> literally um pulling parts out of an engine yep. working in a junkyard or doing whatever. That's right. And I saw a lot of comments about how these episodes were, the first two were slow. I see that. I uh, saw that word so often, this slow. Dude. Yeah, dude, it's not TikTok, dude. It's not TikTok. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, I sound like a boomer, but seriously, people, pace doesn't exist anymore. It's sad. I mean,. It's called a slow burn for a reason. Like, yeah, dude. That, the, that's what that means. Yeah. Well, and it's also, it's also like the type, of, the type of filming that's being done, like the type of genre that this is. That, this is a perfect approach to this type of genre. That's why episode three is so impactful. Mm-hmm. Episode three is so impactful because episodes one and two, not a lot of stuff happens. But it's building towards it, and you know that. You know? I mean, it's called good storytelling, yeah, dude. To, well, it's called finessing a story. It's, it's, it's finessing. taking its time. We're actually spending some time in this place and getting to know this place and these people. And that's really important, like you're saying, by the time you get to episode three. Right. Because then it's like, well, these people are not used to this. They're in, they are not used to these cops coming in wreaking havoc trying to take one of their own away in handcuffs, right. you know? 
Yeah. They don't like it, and they're not used to it. And mm. it's very jarring when it happens. Um, okay, B2 emo? Thoughts? Other than... Oh. Best droid ever? Oh, yeah, he's dope. I like him. He rolls around. He looks like Wally. He lo- he looks extremely like Wally. That was yep. another reference where we were both like, "Is that Wally? Yes, <laughs> is, is this literally Wally? Because he's in a yeah. in a junkyard and everything when we first see him, I think." Um, and I I love his one little yellow foot. He's got one yellow foot. Oh yeah. And I love the fact that he's just kind of. You could. He's a little chopper esque. Like he's kind of. He's very run down. He has to like take a minute <laughs> here and there because he can't. He just can't like function. He has to. He has to power down every once in a while. But it seemed like to me it's like a little uh, like a younger sibling almost to him, which is super cute. Hello, True. are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Then it seemed like he was kind of, when they have their little conversations about uh, Marva. Mm-hmm. That, and he's kind of like, don't leave. Why do you have to leave? Can I come with you? Like, that's kind of his little vibe. Right. And we've never really seen that before. So it's really cute. Yeah, that's fr- Yeah, that's true. That's true. And the other thing, oh, it took me a couple viewings before I realized in the flashbacks, um, B2 is, like, super shiny and new. True. And he doesn't have a yellow foot. He's got all red. He's, like, all red. Mm. So, Mm. clearly, he's kind of been maybe not taken care of as well as, you know, he could have been. He's pretty beat up. Yeah. He's pretty old and beat up now. Um, But we see Cassian, like, we see the first flashback to where he's Cassa because he um, is sleeping. Mm -hmm. And super reminiscent of the Book of Boba Fett, because that was kind of like the same thing with Boba Fett. He was in the back to tank when he was having his flashbacks. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I think so. Okay, yeah. well, you got it. like, I keep thinking you're disconnected, so. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> At no. least breathe and let me hear that you're, like, connected. Okay, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, it's kind of like the Book of Boba Fett. It is, it is. And he's sleeping in the ship that used to be Marva's ship. Right. Which is pretty much r- a r- just piece of junk now it's like sitting out in a field somewhere yeah but he's that's where he's sleeping mm-hmm. and that's kind of where all his like secret stuff is yep so he reminds me of ray kind of in that way totally and yeah. you know it just made me think okay well this is his mother's ship and he's sleeping in there and he's dreaming oh <laughs> of course uh, i should have so I should have known. I should have known. Possibly the only womb of this arc. I'm so stupid. How did I not notice that? (laughs) Well, I mean, the prostitutes in the beginning, too. Oh, my God. I forgot to mention. Or not prostitutes. I don't know. uh, Whatever the word is. I forgot to mention. Okay. I don't know how to say this. You know, if there are children listening. 
Ooh, wait, 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 wait. Really quick before you hold that thought, I, for the listeners, I do want to apologize in advance because it is extremely late at night when we're recording this right now. And a garbage truck will probably come through, and it is right outside my apartment. It will be loud. It will be loud. Okay. And it will be audible. It, I think I hear it right now, so I'm just saying. But go ahead. Well, I don't hear it yet. Go ahead. Go ahead. So maybe they won't hear it. I forgot to bring I'm going to try to have to say this in a, you know, a, a nice way. If you go okay. back and you look at the doorway that Cassian walks in and out of the brothel. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's lit up with neon lights. Yeah. It's kind of in a shape that looks like something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of triangular-ish on top, but has True. a flat spot on the top. And then there's like... Mm, <laughs> I'm trying to think of not the word I want to use, but a different Nasty, word. Nasty, bro nastiness just go look at it yeah <laughs> just go look at it if you're curious it's definitely okay. not a womb <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's not anything to do with the, the lady parts at all <laughs> something else anyway yeah, yeah yeah so there's your homework go look at that um okay so yeah he's in a womb sleeping and and having flashbacks yep um so in the flashback like i said there's no parents there's just a bunch of kids he's got a little sister and there's a ship that crashes they watch like this ship crash out of the sky and they're all having a conniption because they oh and they're speaking in a language that we don't understand and they it is not basic and it's not english and there's no subtitles which apparently diego it's luna so cool. asked for that it's very cool i found it to be very cool too and good job to all those kid actors because they did oh, a great yeah, job. Dude. You know what they're saying and you don't even have to know what they're saying. Exactly. Basically. Um, so we flash back to Ferrix again. Uh, this city center, I found out from an article with, uh, or an interview with Adria. Are you, I'm going to butcher her name. Adria Arjona. Who plays Bix? They built this thing for reals. They built the city on rock and roll. <laughs> Literally. Oh. <laughs> Literally. They did. They built it. That's crazy. It's super crazy, and it's also freaking gorgeous to look at. That's ILM moves right there. I mean, I guess it was like they keep going back and forth. Have you noticed that? They'll swing towards the practical sets, and then they invented the volume, and then they swung right. towards the, which the volume works great for Mandalorian. I mean, you, can't have, you can't have digital stuff in Andor, man. It's about the people. I Right, and it feels like super, that's what makes it feel like organic. Hmm. Even though it's not organic, it's metal and bricks, but you know what I mean? It just feels... Um, super lived in and super real it's right. just really freaking cool and the architecture is gorgeous and it's very like brick and heavy yet very curvy mm -hmm. there's a lot of circles and there's a lot of curves going on in the architecture mm -hmm. it's really beautiful let's talk about 
Cassian's little playmates that he has on his home world. Playmates? His friends, his pals. They don't seem like his well, friends. Are they his friends? Well, some of them are. Oh, okay. Some of them are real ones and some of them are fake ones. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Let's start with the let's start with the real ones. Okay. Brasso, real one. Uh true, true. Big time. Yes. And we know this A because he's named after metal. Yeah. And we know this B because he says, You gotta lie for me and to make up this story to my mom's and he's like sure no problem mm. yeah that's true and and he says he owes him money and he's not like bothering him to pay him back which some of these other people are bothering him to pay them back or they just are like i'm tired of your nonsense and i don't want to deal with you anymore type of people mm-hmm. aka pegla who's the guy that loaned him the ship who is now like i am not dealing with you anymore get out right get out of here right yeah and um yeah so he wasn't too friendly but Brasso for sure, we love. Okay. And obviously Bix. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, Bix is cool. She's rad. So, so going into this, we all know that I am prepared to marry Mon Mothma at any given second. Yeah. I love her. It is crazy to me that we are getting like, um, live action backstory. She's married. What? Oh, she's married? She's married. Oh. I didn't know that. I'm just, I I cannot wait (laughs) for her arc. I cannot wait. Yeah. And apparently we're getting that next, so be excited. It better be good. Um, But... I And I I really didn't think anything of Bix, honestly. I mean, it's not like I didn't think of... I didn't think she'd be an interesting character... But I'm just saying, I didn't think I would have a girl crush. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but but now now my attentions are split. I see. Because I'm I'm kind of like Tim. I'm kind of like, please notice me. Yeah <laughs> yeah. Please pay attention to me, Bix. Yeah. And it she the actress also said in that same interview that I talked about before that they she and Cassian do have a history. They were childhood friends. Wait, who? Oh, the, oh, the actress for of Bix. Yes. Oh, no way. Adria Arjona, if I am doing my Spanish accents or Spanish pronunciation correctly. What are the odds? Probably not, because I've never taken Spanish. But oh yeah, what are the odds of that? <laughs> I, what are the odds of what? Them being friends. No, no, no. The characters, bro. The characters. Oh. Okay, sorry. Like they've been childhood friends. Right, 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 right. Yes. And probably, and I'm just they, speculating. They do be scandalous. But I think they've been hooking up ah, in the past. Yes. Because they keep giving each other those looks and giving each other um, a hard time about, like, she mentioned something about, because <laughs> he has that abrasion on his face. Yeah. And, she's, and he's like, I fell. And she said... Did you fall on um, someone's husband or so- someone's uh, jealous husband or something like that? What? You know, she makes a con- she makes a joke like he's got a lot of women, basically. Oh, I Th- there I, are several, okay. 
several comments from several people about him being a playa. <laughs> okay. His mom. Yeah, like true, when they're true. That was so funny. I don't know what episode that was, but that was so funny when she's like, who did you tell you were from Qadari? And he's like, I don't know. And, yeah, I and, remember. you know, they're naming off people. And he's like, well, I'm mostly worried about your women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then, and then V2 goes, Bubba Bix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's like, leave Bix out of this. So, yeah, clearly there's been something going on with them. Um, and also now that makes Tim jealous enough that he has to act like a complete Rats loser. out our boy. Yeah. Also a fake one. Big time fake one. Yeah. Not even pretending to be a real one because he's giving Cassian a hard time. Um, But the one thing I like, the main thing I like about Bix is that she is probably told often to smile because she's very matter of fact straight faced like even even when she's doing her booty calling <laughs> she's <laughs> That's not true. smiling yeah, she's not she does not smile at all she's not she's not the smiley type mm-hmm. that's cool and we like that oh yeah yeah she's dope she's my, she might be my favorite character in the show because she's beautiful enough that they could very easily yeah make her into you know. that kind of tropey character yeah mm-hmm. yep they yeah, could right. that's true and they're not even trying they're not even no not even gonna and i appreciate it yeah that's a fair point um and she also is very clearly already involved with the rebellion because she's the one that knows luthan mm-hmm. rael yeah, yeah, yeah in the first place and she's the one that goes all up inside the sneaky silo. Yeah, that part's cool. I like that part. To make a call. And she's got that dad and son. Um, you know, the guys, the people that own the shop where the silo is with the secret phone in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so <laughs> complicated. Am I making any sense? Not really, dude. Not really. But that's kind of <laughs> how the first episode feels, though. It kind of, it just throws you in. It doesn't really give you any. Right support to understand and what's there going are on. many details that you there are may or may not pick up upon first viewing or even second viewing because it took me probably three times before i kind of picked up on the fact that 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 um that silo kind of shot mm-hmm. reminded me of when little baby Jin is inside uh, the little under the you know in the little cave yes and then Saw comes to pick her up. It kind of reminded me of that, and it kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of later the shot of Cassian come, or Cassa, I guess, when he's little going into that. I don't oh know yeah, totally. Is, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ship, yeah, yeah, yeah. The tube yeah. that gets him into the into the crash ship. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's kind of I connected the dots with those a little bit later, but by the way, that's a huge womb moment. You know, it because he's climbing through those tubes. Is. He's like ending up in that one room, and he starts breaking stuff. And like, he definitely, it definitely is, and that is the room in which he meets his actual adoptive like, yeah. Come on, parents. Come on, you already know. We gotta talk about that whole child snatching business. Yeah, it's really weird. It's an interesting it's... conundrum to look into that way. I it is, and I've seen multiple multiple polarizing takes on 
what people think about that. So we can, we can, when we get to talking about episode three, we're almost done with episode one, but just a few other things I want to mention. Um, somebody named, oh, it's Tim. Tim name drops Wobani. Oh yeah. What is that? Wobani is the planet I know we've where seen Jin oh. was quote unquote rescued by oh. K2 and Cassian in Rogue One. Right. So that was a little cute little. All right. Yeah. Rogue One wink. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I have in my notes, Tim is a jealous loser. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in quotes, he'd do anything for me. Bix says that to Cassian. And I'm like, indeed, he would. I mean, hey, she's not wrong, though. Hey, hey, honestly, you know what? He he had an op- he had a chance to be redeemed. But alas. Oh, what chance did he have to be redeemed? I mean, y'all are hard... Y'all are so hard on that character. I'm like, guys, he genuinely no, no, no. was just jealous. Watch it again, though. I will I will give you a pass for saying that because you've only like, watched it once. Okay. Go back and watch it again. He's gross. Is he creepy? So creepy. Okay. Okay. He watches her He sleep. does do that. He does do that. That is true. That he is weird. He follows her when all she says is she's got errands to run. He friggin' follows her. Yeah, that's pretty twice. weird. That's pretty weird. I think he follows her twice. That's very weird. Yeah. And then when Cassian, in the first episode, when Cassian's there to talk to her, and they're just, like, talking, and Cassian's leaving, and Tim's like, she seemed upset. Like, what'd you do to upset my girl? Jerk. Uh, yeah. And he's like, whatever, man. Like, it sounds so like conversation. It sounds so like Grease, you know, like that kind of <laughs> drama. Well, it, well, right. But I, he's just kind of a poster boy for low-key toxic male behavior i understand that when they are like really into you and you're just not that into them and (laughs) yeah granted granted she shows up for the booty call i get it like yes and perhaps (laughs) (laughs) she misjudged his character (laughs) yeah in fact she probably she definitely misjudged his character but that does not give him the right to be all stalkery and acting like he needs to save her from something yeah. when uh, clearly he's the one that needs his ass to be saved. So Okay, yeah. I do see all he's that. He's kind of an idiot there at the end. Did he deserve to die in the street like a dog? No, I'm okay. not saying that, but I am saying he was gross. That's what I'm saying. Right. As uh, yeah, the stalker behavior, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that, to be honest. <laughs> so, so sorry about that. Exactly. Um, okay, so I just <laughs> I just have written down, Zorbi and Pegla work in the shipyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those were, Pegla was the one that wouldn't let him have the shipyard. <laughs> yeah. But, um. Oh, is the dog the other name that you said? No, Zorbi is apparently Pegla's boss. Okay. Who, over the intercom, is like, what are you doing? Oh. We have customers. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote down the number of new names in this show yeah, is going to add a challenge to all forward Star Wars trivia contests. Oh, <laughs> because yeah, it's going to be like who's Zorbi, and everybody's going to be like <laughs> who? No, the other question in Star Wars trivia: Who's Zorbi? Who's Zorbi? That's such a vague question. I know. Um. Okay, so it ends with Cassian basically having no transport off-world now because he can't 
use borrow this ship anymore because Pegla's not a real one, like we said. Okay. Episode two is entitled That Would Be Me. Dude, are we really ending episode one by saying Pegla's not a real one? <laughs> <laughs> what do you how do you want to end it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's just funny. Is that how the episode ends? It ends with that no, shipyard the, scene? The ep- no, the episode ends with him uh in a flashback of Casa oh, right. and the other kids going off to the crashed ship and the last shot is of him is like his little sister as he's walking away right, and right, she's right, all right. alone. Yes. Yes. Okay, anyway. She's all alone, little Carrie out there in the woods. Yeah. Episode 2. Episode 2. That would be that me. would be me. Mhm. Interesting title. It is. Uh, so the flashback, I don't have a lot of notes for this episode for some reason, but, um, I think I thought my memory would suffice and we know how that goes every time. It never works out. Oh, bro. (laughs) Pretty sure I have, I have the main points here. Um, so in the flashback part of this episode, Casa, they're, they're walking off to get to this ship to, I guess, scavenge i guess that was the point right mm, uh, they were gonna go scavenge for stuff they kind of seem well i think they were going to do that but i think they were just curious because they're probably not used to seeing that technology like that's what i thought i just wonder though because it's very curious it's very curious it is. because they all just walk right past this mine they don't even look at it mm. they don't even notice it but casa stops and stares at this mine so I guess, and I hope we get the answers. To oh, this. there's like an industrialization thing happening on their planet. That's not. Well, there. I mean, this is the mine that I can assume. I will assume is the one that caused the mining disaster that either a killed off all the adults, or my other theory is the separatists killed off all the adults. Oh. So that they wouldn't have any challenges um, building this mine and 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 taking all stealing all the resources that they're stealing whatever it is that they were stealing I yeah. don't know but um, it's clearly some sort of natural resource. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about it. He was probably a child during the Clone Wars. Yeah, you know, I just saw something today that said this was pre-Clone Wars. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, that also makes sense. Yeah. Because here's my confusion. Here's my confusion. All right. And this is all in episode three, so we're skipping ahead, but I still want to bring it up. The dead officers or whoever is on this um, ship that crashes on the planet are wearing separatist uh, patches. Right, yes. Or something similar to separatist. It kind of doesn't look like, it looks like something similar. That's what it looks like. It's a little bit like the it's dot black. in the yeah. middle yeah. is bigger. Yeah. But it's basically the same design. So yeah. anyway, so they're 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 at least at least affiliated with the separatists, if not separatists. But then, when we hear Marva talking, when she shows up, she says, she's her her whole justification for taking Casa is that. There's a Republic ship coming. It's in orbit, and they, she doesn't want to leave Casa there because she's afraid they're going that the Republic officers are going to kill these kids. What? 
Like, for, like, what? I don't understand. Hello? Oh my gosh. Colin. I'm sorry, I'm here. I muted my mic. Oh um, my goodness. Sorry, I was eating a sausage. I'm not even gonna lie. But, um, yeah, I, I guess, like, it would make more sense maybe even for it to be, like, like, maybe the Republic has already turned bad. Well, I, th I mean, that's kind of... N no. Because the Clone Wars hasn't even started yet. Are we sure about that? Yes, they just put out a thing. Oh, they did. Okay. On their website. I think it said this is pre-Clone... Those flashbacks are pre-Clone Wars. The timing is not right at all. Yeah. For them to be, you know... Acting imper like like the Empire, so and 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 Marva says they're they're coming and they're gonna not take kindly to the fact that they that these kids have killed Republic officers. Mm. They didn't. They didn't kill. First of all, they didn't kill anybody. Right. And there were those are all they're all wearing separatist things. So I'm so confused. I don't know if we're <laughs> supposed to be. I don't know if we're supposed to be confused. Yeah, they're right. gonna explain all this later. I really hope so because right now, and I have talked to multiple people. Mm -hmm. None of us really understand what the heck got you. Okay, is going on here because nobody killed a Republic officer. At, 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 I don't know. I don't really know why. That's a good point. I was Weird. also a little confused by that. I remember being. Well, I was really confused the first time I watched it, but I was like, I, that's not no that's not abnormal yeah. <laughs> for me to be confused about, especially political things in Star Wars. I always have to like see it a couple times for it to make sense. Right. But this never did make sense. In fact, it got more and more confusing as I thought about it. <laughs> so that's, not, that's not helping. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me see. And also, do they have yellow faces? Yeah. Is it the gas um, or a gas or something? <clears throat> That was the other thing. At first, I just thought they were aliens. No, I don't think they are. They made them too yellow. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God, is this like an alien um, <laughs> species? But then I realized, oh, no, they're supposed to be poisoned. Yeah. I think. Um, I'm trying to find that blurb that came out today. Hold on. I'll check good old blast points. They always have their stuff together. Let okay. Do-do-do. Yep, here it is. Okay. Now if I can read it, because it's teensy-tinesy. The flashbacks in this episode occurred during the later years of the Republic, prior to the start of the Clone Wars. With Marva and Clem, that's the her husband, mm -hmm. working about an incoming Republic frigate interrupting their salvage operation. Oh, salvage operation. Okay. The dead crewers aboard the transport Corsair wear uniforms with a symbol closely related to the eventual separatists alliance. Okay, so they're saying it's not actually the separatists. It's like pre-separatists, but yeah, close enough. Um, travel to Canary will later be restricted by the Empire due to the environmental disaster. Okay. Okay. So they're they're definitely not telling us exactly what the heck is going on. So confusion, I guess, validated. Yeah. No, that is very confusing. <laughs> um, all right. Probably the coolest. Sorry, Cassian. Sorry, Bix. Sorry, B2. 
Sorry, Mon Mothma. Sorry, uh, Luthen. Probably the coolest new character in this entire show. The dude in the tower. Oh, yeah, totally. Makes his appearance in episode two. Okay. He's, our, he's our man. I think I mentioned he has a title. I don't, it's not yep, his name, yep. but it's like a title. And Sarah from Friends of the Force let me know this because she is also fully consumed with obsession for this for this character. All right, here we go. Oh yeah, he he. You know what he actually reminds me of? He reminds me of the guy in Dune, who like signals for all of them to stand up. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. He's a little bit like that. Yeah. But get ready. Here's his title. Okay. The Time Grappler. Oh yeah, nice. That's cool. How do you know that? She said it's like. How would she know out, that? Out there, it's oh. it was either in the credits or maybe it's on IMDb. I don't know, but she, I I asked her. I'm like, wait, is this like official or is this a nickname that you're giving him? <laughs> and she's like, no, this is his official name. What? That's so. Sick. That's awesome. Makes sense. What is he? What is he grappling with exactly? Uh, time. Or is it grapple, grapple? Like he's not, it's not, it's not the verb to grapple. It's like, like a grappling hook. Like you're, you're catching onto it. I don't know. I think you're really overthinking it. I just, I just think it means that he indicates time. I know that's what it means, but also then call him like the time something else. Like why is the word grappler? Hmm. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting choice of words. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it is. It is. So like we already discussed in our discussion about how percussion is a theme in this show. We have an actual especially character. Especially with, with metal. This is like, he's like the center of that because he's actually the center. He's in the center of town. He's in a tower. People are like running their lives according to what this man tells them to do well it's it's very it's very yeah that's right it's very interesting i mean it's like he i guess like that whole percussion thing kind of symbolizes definitely that idea of like the heartbeat you know of the orchestra like that's what mm-hmm. people always call percussion mm-hmm. or or in a jazz band that the drummer is like the hard the heartbeat of the band like the but i mean percussion is like that's as time oriented as you can get. It's just like it hitting is. something. Correct. It's a metronome. That's what a metronome is. It's just percussion, you know. So. But but see, my my other fascination with this is he could have just been like, it's six o'clock, bong 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 <laughs> bong bong bong. Like that could have been as where they stopped it. But yeah. no. No, there's like a ritual. They actually give him intervals to play, like well, actual that, tones. That too, but it's also a ritual. Like he always makes that sound, and like he does like a specific yeah. movement. He does it very ceremoniously. Yeah, yeah. It's just, God, it's cool. I'm telling you, dude, I am telling you, if there was no thought in any writer's mind that that relates to, like, that moment in the Mahler Symphony, I would be so surprised. Oh, shoot. I I meant to look that up. I'm going to have to look that up still. I still haven't. I mean, just look it up right now. You can look up on YouTube. It would be there in two seconds. That's I mean, I want to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it right now. Um, But I made Colin... Oh yeah. <laughs> at the, like 
I played those intervals for him, like the, the, the sunrise one and then the sun or the quit work one. And what did you say? I said the sunrise the one sunrise was a... one is two major seconds yeah intervals and then the quitting time one is a major third and a minor second yep which is I weird know. i don't know i don't know why this is fascinating to me it just is and then i mean there's the never really been that... anything like that in star wars like for some like for there to be like a motif that's in the actual story you know true true because that that first one that we hear which is the time to quit work interval um transcends into the score right after he plays it it's just damn cool i'm sorry it is dude. sorry to obsess but it's very creative so creative um and then in episode two i also have written tim is a je- jealous possessive a-hole oh my gosh rip mm-hmm. basted by mom find find the lie you can't <laughs> uh okay and i also have written marva uh-oh a star wars mom yeah there's a star wars mom <laughs> uh-oh it's never a good sign worried for her well she's doing pretty well for herself clearly she's holding her own quite well she, oh, she definitely is holding her own there's no question but we know what happens to 99.9 percent of star wars moms also you really think she's going to die? I mean... It wouldn't be beneath Star Wars to do that. No, it definitely <laughs> would not be. They do it in every friggin' iteration. Yeah, that's true. There's always... And we already have... He's already got one dead mom, clearly. Right. Somewhere. Um, and possibly a dead sister, so... Right. Even though I really don't think so. I think she's alive. Yeah, I do too. Um, okay, I don't think we've really talked enough about the space cops and, um, right. I'm already forgetting names. Where's my cheat sheet? What's his name? Cyril Karn. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't think we mentioned this, uh, where, where the space cops work and hang out, the name of that planet being Morlana. Mm-hmm. Um, M-O-R and L and A, like Morlana, kind of like moral. Oh, yeah. Okay. And considering. For sure. Karn is basically Javert. Yeah. Like you said. That's cool. That's a cool name. It is. It is. For that planet. Um, (laughs) and okay. So to contrast the architecture and everything that's on Ferrix and how really beautiful it is and, um, we have the cop planet, Morlana. Yeah, it's and all, not good and looking. Like they're they're building, and it's it's either like super um, dystopian looking, like the, the where the brothel was and stuff, or it's like this bulky, chonky, ugly. <laughs> like their headquarters is just this great big, eight sided, three dimensional blob of a thing <laughs> yeah you, do you remember seeing that i actually i honestly don't i don't know what you would call that geometric shape but it's like a sphere but it's eight-sided okay and three-dimensional that is very 
contradictory to what a sphere is. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. It's a three-dimensional thing. I understand. Made of eight, eight sides. So, and then their, like, transport ship or whatever looks like just a big, I don't know, <laughs> like a big, ugly... Oh, yeah, the transport ship. I, I actually love that ship. I think it's really cool. I mean, I did, too. And the it coming out of hyperspace was like yeah, kind of a moment yeah, a sound moment at least yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like they are. It's all everything warped. looks ar- Everything looks armored. Yeah, 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 definitely. Everything looks like a tank. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which that's true. Visually, well done because they are. The oppressors, cl- you know, clumsy, oppressive. Yeah, just too much um force being used all the time like it's just yeah yeah perfect perfect visual to it go is. with what who they are but it's also like it's not it's not powerful though if you recognize the no. difference it's because clumsy. like star destroyers are literal triangles like they are the symbol of power like right, in that right, way right. but yeah. in this context it's yeah it's like clunky it's rectangular and it's just like blocky and it looks ugly like it looks like dune honestly it really does look like those ships kind in of. dune um I don't know. I'm get, I also I, like I mentioned Dune earlier in this. I do think there's a lot of Dune vibes happening, and Blade Runner. Right. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just think it's very interesting. Like I like this planet. What's this planet called that everyone's on? Ferris. Um, Ferris. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Arrakis in a few ways. Arrakis is which planet? In Dune. Yeah. That's the Arrakis one. Arrakis is Dune. Yeah. Okay, I get the uh, Dune. Another. I understand. No, Arrakis. Arrakis is the planet. Arrakis is the planet with the spices. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And I don't know. And also, like, even with the flashbacks, it also kind of feels like that planet is also an Arrakis. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like everything's being like reaped, right now. Yeah, it's um, the art design for all of oh, this yeah. so good. is just top top. Tippity top. Yeah, it's notch. so good. Sorry, I might sound crazy, but I, that those are my neural connections firing, you know? Well, no, because I think we talked before about how it seems like they are purposefully putting in these hardcore sci-fi references. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're doing it, like, as a joke. I don't know if they're doing it. <laughs> I don't think it's a joke. Not as a joke, but, you know, I mean, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we told you this wasn't going to be fantasy star wars this is actually much closer to sci-fi star wars which it we is. don't really get ever yeah yeah which is so funny that that's what like a lot of people say like this isn't star wars and it feels weird it's like no dude you've been saying for all this time that it's sci-fi <laughs> that's what this is <laughs> that is what um, this is but anyway what was i gonna say about the space cops now i can't remember it's just it's just that they're very um you can tell that Karn is dying for more authority. He's wanting to prove himself, even though he's going against what his superior is telling him to do because he just can't morally do that. Yeah. But I think this is the, is this the episode where he gives that pep talk that is just the worst pep talk in the history uh, of pep talks? I think he gives the pep talk in the third episode. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure. <laughs> but, like... I love this actor so much. Yeah, he's, he's very good. Really, really good. He's very good. At being a loser and just yep. being 
oh, just you just want to punch him in his very strong. Well, you jaw. just well you just feel like he's on the wrong trajectory of life. This whole yep. show, like he's, like he's just never not, gonna win. Yeah, he's never. Not, he's not it, Chief. Um, <laughs> but you also, in a way, feel like Cassian is not. Um, you honestly get that feeling with a lot of characters in this show that they're not on their path. Like it just feels that way. It feels like everyone is kind of off their path, you know. Well, until until he hooks up with Luthen, and then yeah, well, yeah, you I know mean, obviously his path. That's a we hint. have the benefit yeah. of knowing he, his path. So obviously, yeah, but that's well, that's the thing. We have the benefit, but it also I feel like if we were imagining, like I'm I'm trying to watch this show, imagining that Rogue One doesn't exist. You know, I'm not really trying well, to connect to Rogue One. I'm trying to kind of watch it with like new eyes, and and I think if you're watching it with new eyes, then you're not making the assumption that he's on his path. Like, it just seems like he's kind of... Lo- well, he has a he has a goal, but it doesn't really seem like he's very centered. And I don't think he's probably ever going to be centered, I guess, in this show, because he's not even up until the end, I guess. Well, it doesn't... If, if you don't know about Rogue One at all, like, hypothetically speaking, yeah. then, yeah, he's very much floundering, because yeah. he didn't mean to kill those guys. Like, that was not... He's not the Cassian from Rogue One where he just flat out will kill anyone to accomplish his goal. Right. He's just out here trying to find out if his sister's alive and those guys, you know, it's unfortunate happenstance that right. he had to, he ended up killing them. But I'm looking at it very much with the Rogue One glasses on because there's so many interesting parallels. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't deny those. Things going on. I was gonna say, do you do you think that this show is gonna have a happy ending? He's already said how this show's gonna end. Tony Gilroy has oh, literally well, I don't said okay, well, how I, it's gonna. I end. I don't want to know that. Never mind. And I haven't told you that because I know you you don't want to know what he said. Yeah, no. But it is hilarious to me that he's literally out here going, "Oh yeah, we already know that this is gonna be at the end." <laughs> he's such a dude. He right. he seems like such an AP literature teacher. <laughs> he's like yeah guys like why are you guys surprised why are you guys su- stop being surprised like this has happened in every other story ever why are you guys so surprised <laughs> i really appreciate how he is so not being precious with any of this he's and just, just, as he should not because it's supposed to be again, ugly like i love mandalorian as much as the next person yeah but Somebody, one of one of my mutuals on Twitter said something to the effect of like, it's really refreshing to watch a Star Wars show and not keep thinking, when is Ahsoka going to show Seriously, up? Seriously, dude. Seriously. Because she's not. Yeah, dude. Luke is not. Ahsoka yeah. is not. Boba Fett's not. Like, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Get over it. You gotta pay like, attention to what on. you're seeing. You gotta pay attention to what you're watching. Like this is this it. Is so you just, gotta make it make sense. You know. It's a new take, and I appreciate that. As much as I love the character of Ahsoka, like you can be both. You don't yep. have to. You don't have to be one extreme or the other. You can like all of it. It's fine. Yeah, dude. Um, but it is getting a little. It is getting a little cyclical over there in the in the Mandoverse, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping I'm hoping that because the Ahsoka character is having her own show now, yeah, right. That right. season three of the Mandalorian. This is not a Mandalorian episode. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> it is. After, it is everything is after a Mandalorian episode. Finally, seeing the trailer at D23 Expo. Yeah. Finally, because they insist on gatekeeping their own 
it's so PR, annoying. which is, God, I want to smack whoever thinks that's a good idea. Line them up. I'm just going to yell at them for 20 minutes. It's <laughs> oh, the dumbest thing on earth. But I finally saw the trailer, and Bo-Katan is in it, yeah. and she's on a throne, and there's some sort of... Oh, my God. What's happening? There's some sort of throne room thing, and it's... Uh, but anyway, I'm just so happy that maybe Ahsoka's not going to pop up because she's got her own thing going on now. And it's just going to be the Bo-Katan show. That's what I'm calling Oh, my God. Well, it's, again, not supposed to. I mean, maybe it is supposed to be. But who, who knows? Who knows? Well, I think it's supposed to be the story of the Mandalorians, which she well, is yeah, a very right. important That's one. That's what I'm saying. So, like, you can cheat it that way. Yeah. Anyways, back to back to Andor. Yeah. Um, About halfway through this episode, we finally see our first Imperial insignia. Yeah. Which is on the box, mm-hmm. which has a name. It's some really techno jargon name, and I <laughs> don't remember it because I just don't, and I didn't write it down. But the fact that it's a cube box, whatever you want to call it, um, is very funny to me. Mm. Because like you said, is it a Pandora's box? I don't really think it is because, as we know, it gets abandoned. Right, They just right. leave it. It does. So here's what I think it might be. Like the box from What's in the Box? Well, no, but I, lo- I love a good What's in the Box reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. A womb? Here's what I think it is. I think it's not a womb. Uh, oh, is it the How about you let me? Is it the How cu- about you let me say? Is it the cube it is? from uh, No. From that horror movie, you're, the the, you're, the guy with the with the guy with the needles in his face? What is You're it? being too literal. Okay, it's okay. not it's a it's a metaphorical box it's a metaphorical mystery box okay because because jj abrams is famous for talking about his mystery boxes what now st- hang, keep with me. <laughs> okay trust Dude, me on this, this. Is, I'm, I'm signing off bro i'm done i'm no, done no, no. this is silly the term mystery box is synonymous with jj abrams just trust me on this uh, Maybe to He's you. He's famous. No, no, no. To everyone. This he is very famous for this. He did it in Lost. He's done it oh. in Star Trek. Like he, you mean like he an does this box. all the time. No, not an actual box. A metaphorical mystery box. Okay. In which he has these great ideas, but never knows how to finish it. Okay. It always screws it up. <laughs> Always okay. screws it up. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not talking about Lost because he had nothing to do with the yeah, Lost yeah, finale, yeah. which was perfect. Yes, we've been over this many times. God bless. But it was his idea on Lost for there to be a hatch, mm-hmm. and somebody said, "What's in the hatch?" And he's like, "I don't know. It doesn't matter, <laughs> dude. Doesn't matter, what? dude." So it's the whole. <laughs> it becomes the whole show, dude. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. It's uh, stupid. Yeah. So. I almost wonder if they're ja- they're jabbing. This is a jab. Oh what, my gosh. At JJ Abrams and mm. Rise of Skywalker. I'm just saying. Huh. It could it could be a very 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 sneaky jab. I don't know though. That is for very me, sneaky. For me, I think it's funny if that's what it was. Tony Gilroy <laughs> snapperoonies nice. because i'm on to you bud and i love it <laughs> he's you, you read between the lines i'm i'm probably making it up but if not good for him that's hilarious 
Okay, back to the box. So we see this box. It has the Imperial Cog on it. For just a second, we see Cassian's reflection in the very shiny, very polished metal mm -hmm. box. Later on, we see his reflection in the in the shiny metal on this ship that he's in back right. on his home planet. Right. Um, so we have like a little bit of a reflection theme going on, maybe. I don't know. We love Windows. Um, <laughs> we've established over the past year and a half how much Colin loves Windows. <laughs> and on our devs podcast, especially. Decoding dev By the way, how long ago was it that we recorded that? You remember? Devs came out in spring, early spring 2020. Oof. Jeez. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's almost been three years. Or I guess it was just... Um, yeah, it's like two and a half years. Yep. Whoa. Long live devs. Long live devs, man. Uh, okay, so Cassian's back on his parents' old ship, and that is where he has this box hiding, which is um, cute, kind of. It's a cute callback. Like, we see his dad open this little compartment, and that is in the flashback, and that is where um, Cassian's hiding basically his ticket off this planet, like his right. escape again. Okay. Oh, here it is. Karn's pep talk. Yes, it is in this one. Okay. Um, I just wrote Karn's pep talk, LOL. Oh. <laughs> the juxtaposition to Jin's speech before Scarif right. is clear. However, however pathetic this speech was, he does state a very important theme of Star Wars, basically. Because he says there comes a time when doing nothing becomes the greatest risk of all. Right, right. True. Which is interesting that they put that in his mouth because he's a loser, as we've established. Well, I kind of feel like, dude, in this show that they're almost, they're setting this, like, framework in which there's going to be room for empathizing with those people. Definitely going to be, there is room for empathizing with him to some extent just because... We know he's just a loser. Like he's struggling. This is just pathetic. He's struggling. Yeah, dude. That's it's like, oh, it's hard to watch. It actually is hard to watch. Yeah. Makes me kind of sad. Yeah. And then, um, and then I... they're just getting they, they just get bullied by these town people. It's like, oh, <laughs> this is hard to watch. Right. Um, and it's also and like I think I mentioned this earlier too. Like the fact that there's no it's it's people on people's like it's not people on people in armor and with masks that you can't see. True. So it has like yeah. a different kind of visceral character to it, honestly. A very similar visceral character to that moment in Rogue One. I mentioned Rogue One on Jeddah when there's like that quote unquote terrorist attack. Yeah. Like I kind of got this feeling. I'm like, ooh, like this is like, ooh, you know? It's not the same as like droids or stormtroopers. It's like these are just like people, you know? Right. It's real world. It's real world um, stuff association that we can have with these yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously the theme of police brutality yeah, is yeah, yeah. a very real world thing right. that we're dealing with quite a bit. Right. Around here. Um, right. Okay, so I and I also just think to give to give this character one of the major themes of Star Wars and have him say it. It's important, yeah. Is such a weird 
it is bizarro world it is. thing. It is. You don't get like this doesn't happen in a, in a New Hope. No, you're not gonna have Darth Vader Moff, spin themes. Moff Tarkin saying stuff like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy for sure. Like we know it. I think he could be redeemed. I do. So I just, I just I kind do. of, I really appreciate how these. This show is all in the gray. It like, is. It's all in the gray. There's no black and white here at all. There's no awesome. light side, dark side. It's so cool. Jedi, Sith. It's yeah. very, very gray so far anyway. It's very, very, uh, it's it's very, very not the whole like George Lucas saying it's for kids kind of thing. It's very much like oh, this is an no. actual like mature, naturized <sighs> like. It's really a show for the know- people to watch. I want to know what he thinks. So, so do I, honestly. I do too. I do too. So bad. I think he would like it. I think he would. I I, I think he wouldn't say that, but I think deep down he likes it. <laughs> or maybe he could just be like us and just be like, you know what? It's time for something like this. It is. It is. It's just kind of time for something like this. Like, give give some adults some stuff to really chew on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all are the ones who um, are <laughs> the adults are the ones who are paying the money that is making Lucasfilm function. <laughs> so, right. True. So. It's, it's just so weird that in a in a pep talk that is just the worst pep talk I've ever heard, he ends it with the one of the bigger themes of Star yeah. Wars overall. And yeah. he's right. Like, he's correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can learn from the bad people, too. You know? I, I, I guess so. Um, two more characters for your uh, trivia huh. contest knowledge. Yeah. Uh... I don't know how to pronounce this. It's X A N W A N Zanwan Zanwan. Oh oh yes. yes. And the little alien guy. Greg. Yeah yeah yeah. Arguing. Yeah, it's funny. Loved them. Yeah. Don't even know why they're there, but it was just more like get to know this world and let make it feel real. Yeah. To the point where these guys are just bickering about. Whether or not, it seems like they're bickering about whether or not it's common knowledge to have heard of the planet Canari. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Because then when Cassian walks up to the window, Zanwan's like, have Canari ever heard of it? And of course, Cassian's going to lie and be like, no. And he's like, see, I told you, people don't know about this place. Like, nobody knows anything. It's no one... Yeah, and then the little guy's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. It's such a cute little scene. Yeah. Okay, here's another super well written. <laughs> the dialogue and the screenplay is so good. Facts. The conversation on the shuttle between Luthen and oh, the salesman. Oh, yes. Uh, or, yes. I don't know if that was great. He's like into jet propulsion or yep. some kind of thing like that. First of all, anytime there's a weird scene like this, I love I'm those like, scenes. okay. Those are so cool. What references come to mind? First thing I thought of was Music Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the opening scene of Music yes. Man. Yes. Where all the salesmen basically do a rap. Mm hmm. FYI, the first rap in musical theater, probably in the Music Man. And it was that scene. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's oh. an old show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Like I know. But the '60s or something. True. And it also reminded me of Hitchcock's *Strangers on a Train*. Of course. I mean, of course. Like that's the one. I'm surprised you didn't say yeah. that one first. Honestly. I'm surprised it didn't make me. I'm surprised that took me a minute to think of that one actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know why music man. <laughs> but um, at first I was like, is this guy like up to something? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think no, so. I, I don't think, think he so. was just a regular yep. dude. Yeah. Coming to um, Ferrex to shop. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of be like, trying the scene in itself, like really, you learn a lot about Luthen, I guess. Yeah. And his character and how he's just like, well, just the actor himself. Obviously, okay, they probably had a short list of actors and they were probably like, who has gravitas just by sitting there? Yep, yep. And Stellan Skarsgård was probably at the top of the list or near the top of the list. Right. Because he doesn't have to say a dang thing. He really doesn't. And you're just like... Intimidated. He's intimidating. Yeah, he's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just to seem like just talking to this common dude. You know, like he's a, he's a person. He's just a person, you know? Yeah, and the other dude just like running his mouth and just da 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 you know, being chatty chatty Kathy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and he's asking him questions and Luthen's just sitting there and he's like, oh, you don't want to say, I understand. You never know who you're talking to these days. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and he's just rattling on and on. Yeah. And, but then he says to Luthen, if you can't find it here, it's not worth finding. Mm. Which was a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> but I, appre- I appreciated the scene and how kind of interesting it was. Yeah. And how he was talking about how, it, and he also gives a lot of background on Ferrix itself about how, oh, tons of people come here. Yep. When they're looking to buy something that maybe they can't find somewhere else. Uh, so, because it's a free trade planet. Right. But also, it's kind of like the people that do work there, it's almost like, um, you know, he keeps talking about how they're getting price gouged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a racket that they can't just go into town now. Now they have to land. Yeah. And then they have to get a little shuttle <laughs> again. And it's like the whole thing. It's so stupid. Um, which I guess sets up for later the action later, you know, when they're Luthen and Cassian are escaping. So just the way I just really appreciate the screenplays and how the writing. It's very multidimensional. It goes different places, honestly. Because you might just be sitting there going, what's the point of this conversation? Right, right. But it's... But, but later on, you realize what the point of this conversation yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff happens, and then you don't know why it's happening, and then you realize why it happened. Right. Um, okay. But I just liked it because it like, was fresh. I don't know. Like Just watching two people talk, it felt like real cinema. You know what I mean? Yes, like, exactly. It, felt, it did not feel like an action movie. For that moment, it was like a calm in the, before the storm kind of moment. Yeah, exactly. And it, it serves a, it yeah. served a functional. It also it's almost like it served more of a functional purpose than a. I know this isn't a word, but like a plotular purpose. You know? <laughs> plotular. Well, and it seems like these that I think people are. Yeah. Accusing of being quote unquote slow. Yeah. Ah. A slow from a, a slow. We've already talked about that though. Yeah, dude. And how I just, offensive uh, that is. Ah, <laughs> uh, that really hurts. Okay. I mean, it doesn't hurt me, but you know, you gotta you gotta accept that it can't all be fast all the time. Well, when movies like Top Gun Maverick are making five hundred <laughs> billion dollars, true. 
True. That's why we have this problem. It's just so fascinating because what is like the most well-known thriller movie that exists? Or what is the oldest, most well-known? Like, I think The Shining is one of the most well-known thrillers that exist. Oh, sure. For sure. The Shining is one of the slowest movies on earth, dude. As is, well, when you said most well-known thriller, Psycho came to mind. But How slow-moving is that? You're watching a dude drive with a body in the trunk for 30 minutes, dude. (laughs) There is one action moment in that movie. One actual action (laughs) moment. How incredible is that? Well, maybe two. Maybe two. The guy falls down the stairs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. That would call that, that was a a moment of action. But anyway, yeah. It's like, how did the, I mean, I know how it happened. I, 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 I'm sorry, I'm going to like really, really like, I'm going to age myself by saying this, but I do think social media does contribute to that. Um, I do think like also modern film with editing and pacing that it is now really contributes to that. But even though Mm -hmm. like, you look at episode three and that was one of the most fast paced Star Wars stuff I've ever seen in my life. You know, so like it's just it's very multidimensional. It's got multiple paces to it, which makes it so refreshing, in my opinion. Well, and again, this is not billed to be an action show. Mandalorian is an action show. Right. This was billed right, to right, be, right. and it is a spy Yes, dude. A spy movie. It's it's the he wrote the Bourne movies. Like, it's, yeah, it's dude. a spy thing. We're okay? talking about a guy who wrote the Bourne movie. I think he understands. Like, yeah, this part is probably moving pretty slow. But yeah. I, and you got to wonder it's on why. Purpose. It's yeah. on purpose. It's yeah. so that you take your time building up to episode three and the one right. very action-oriented dude. scene, which they already showed a whole lot of people at the beginning of Rogue One. And I think I already mentioned that that annoys me now because... <laughs> Right. Why did they do that? Um, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. We uh, last thing. But that's but that, no, hold on. Two, hold though. on. I do want to call attention to what you just said, though. It's like uh-huh. there is a reason that they released three. No one releases three episodes of a show only at the same time like that for a premiere. That's weird. That's super weird, and we well, all know that that's weird. weird. But like you got to understand, like why did they, they do that? It's because they hadn't you know, originally intended to do that, though. Oh no. Okay. No. What are they but I think doing? they were going to release the first two together. Oh, yeah. See, that would have been bad. It's good that they didn't do that. But then when they had to push back the premiere. Oh, right. Because they didn't want to be mixed in the middle of Lord of the Rings and right. Game of Thrones. <laughs> which, yeah, right. Very good call, by the way. Yes, it is. Um, then they decided to put the three together, which honestly they should have from the beginning. Well, yeah, dude. Because clearly there's a growth. Of, like, intensity that happens throughout those three episodes. I mean, it's like, g- come on, man. And I mean it. Like, this, I'm pretty sure the scene we're talking about right now, I'm pretty sure it happens almost exactly in the middle of this episode. Which scene? The scene with those two walking, talking on the train. And it's oh, like no, super it's, chill. Like, it's like the last Oh, is scene, it? Basically. Are you sure? Positive. Oh. Because they land, Stellan Skarsgård struts out, you know, or, or he, the, they, it starts, it ends with, the camera on his face, and then it cuts straight to the best, one of the best scenes in any Star Wars of all time. The, str- the strings, the music swells, the strings swell right. into the Andor theme, and then, and then, <laughs> and then. Y'all, she's been freaking out about it. She's been freaking out about this more than me, which is odd. 
a drum kit, (laughs) a snare drum. And I'm not talking just like military drum beat. No, 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 no. No, this is like hip-hop. talking rock band snare drum. Yeah. As Cassian strutting his way through the junkyard. Right. I can't. Big moment. Take it. I'm not (laughs) over it. I don't know if I'm ever going to be over it. That was such a surprise. It was. It was. I was way. surprised, too. Yeah. Especially after that whole episode and me sitting there going, Emma, is percussion? Like, is this going to be a theme? Yeah. Like, is this an actual theme in this show? And then that happens. <laughs> yes, sir. And we haven't even gotten to, like, when they all bang on their things in the next episode yet. So. Right. I, I don't know. I know. You were asleep, and I was very upset. You missed it. <laughs> you missed my reaction because I was... You're like, oh, I wake up. Taken aback. Yeah. So hard. All right. So the third episode is called Reckoning. That's not a surprise at all. Oh, yeah. Um, taken right from the script. Yeah. And that one opens again in a flashback with Casa climbing through that tube to get onto the Separatist ship. And that, again, it kind of, it kind of, it's very 2001 looking. Of course. Yeah. But. I also think it's like a visual callback to um and lost, can't deny. Oh, true. Cannot deny. That's lost. <laughs> I'm lame, I didn't even think of that. Actually um, actually Bix climbing through the silo is also very lost. Like you said that. Yeah, 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 kind of is. But yeah, this this kind of ties back to that. It ties back to Jin height, you know, and um Saw looking down at her kind of. Yeah. Anyway, um I'm sorry, but so Last he, Jedi. Last Jedi as well. Sorry. I have to say it. Last Jedi. The beginning of the movie. The bomber. Oh, yeah. 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 I guess. Um, so he's getting onto the Separatist ship. And again, not really sure why he's straying from the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's straying again. Just like he strayed. He went off by himself and looked at the mine. He's straying and going off by himself to get into this ship. Right. Um, so that's interesting. And then um, the next thing I have in my notes is Luthen and his retractable stick. Oh, yeah. Looks like a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cute. Yeah. Just in case you didn't catch on to who the. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. My brain is. Bro. Dying on stay, me. <laughs> stay with us. Um. Joseph Campbell, you know, like Joseph Campbell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Luke and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, mentor. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Jeez. Try, God, I can't even think of the word. Yeah. Um, just in case you weren't, like, paying attention. Right. He's he's, got, he is the Yoda of this series. He's got a little bit of a fake lightsaber yep. thing going on. Also Kane, also, which implies, like, intellect and stuff. Also Kane. Also, um, Ben Linus on Lost because he had that like mm. beat stick that he would beat people with. Right. <laughs> when he got mad. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Um, what else? Uh, before the big action scene. Oh, back to Canari. Um, so Cassa sees his reflection, like we said, in the very shiny, like metal, um, Inside this ship. Yeah. And then he goes bananas. 
yep. and starts breaking things. Percussion, yeah. percussion again. Br- oh, I clicked. Breaking. Sorry. True, it is percussion. Again. It is, it is, it is, it is. You have to admit. But I'm just wondering, like, why? Why is he going so? Why is he so upset? Hmm. I mean, is does he, is it just as simple as he blames them for killing their leader? I think and, so. Yeah. Or does he know that they are connected to this mining disaster, which may or may not be connected to all of their parents being killed or mm. captured or kidnapped or whatever happened to them? But yeah, you're right. It's like if that's a womb, oh yeah, he's trying to get out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or he's, you know. If that's a womb, have, are you kidding me? The person who calls everything, are you joking? No, no, no. I'm not saying if. It definitely is. I'm just saying, hypothetically, if then, you know, if that's a womb, then. Right, right. He's struggling to get out of it. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And I wrote down, please notice that B2 is shiny and fully functioning. Yeah, dude. <laughs> in this flashback. He is. And where do you get his yellow foot? And why is he so uh-huh. dilapidated in the present? True. Maybe got beat up. Uh, and then I have in quotes, Republic frigate approaching. Uh, I'm so confused. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you already <laughs> talked about that. she says, I know, they'll, he'll, they'll kill him and they'll kill us. Like, wow. Really? Well, You're I mean, afraid of the but we've been seeing Republic? that theme of like people thinking that the good guys are actually bad. Like, we've already seen that theme before many times. Like, it's, well, it's based on I perspective, mean, you know? And we know they're not actually the good guys. That Palps is well, yeah, exactly. So puppeteering both sides. They're so. not even good, exactly. Like, but how you know she doesn't know that. I don't know. Maybe maybe just as a scavenger, she's just anti-establishment. Yeah. yeah. Of any kind, you know. I don't. Know. Yeah. Um. What else than what? Oh yeah, <laughs> I just have jotted down who is Chob. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. That's what, yeah. <laughs> because they keep saying, "In the name of Chob, what's going on?" or something like that. I'm like, "Who's?" I googled it. I'm like, "Is this like a very obscure reference to a god or something?" But no, it's just no. It it's reminds a, me. Of, it reminds me of Adventure Time when they say "glob." Oh, glob. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. What the glob? What the glob? What the chob? <laughs> Um. Wow, I skipped over a lot of good, things son? in my notes. No, I skipped over a lot of things in my in my notes. I mean, it's okay. We can just keep going. Uh, but I already I have a big paragraph here about you know, them banging on their. Oh yeah, why don't you get into that? Metal. We've already kind of talked about it to like. You said you have a paragraph. I d- I know, but I've kind of already brought all this up. How this is like, brilliant, and it's they're both. It is. Diegetic cool. and non-diegetic. And I appreciate you using those words. Big, 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 fancy words over here. I learned those words from that um, music podcast that I used ah. to listen to religiously. I learned those words. David, oh yeah, David, David w. w. Collins. I learned those words in a film analysis class at DePaul, and then I learned <laughs> them again in SRT because we have to know that stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's it starts out very non-diegetic but and everybody's just kind of banging their own rhythm yeah but in the end it ends up it ends up being uh ding 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 
ding, 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 ding. That's yeah. what's in the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really, I love it so much. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, okay, so this scene with, um, just to jump ahead, there's a lot of running around. Oh, yeah, Bix is, um, gets caught, basically, yeah. for doing nothing. She's just, like, scurrying around, and for whatever reason, they just grab her. <laughs> yeah. They're like, where are you going? And um, the whole bad thing, you know, they they beat her up unnecessarily. And then Tim gets upset because he sees them beating her up. And he's unarmed, as big of an a-hole as he is. He doesn't have a blaster. He tries to help her, and they just kill him. Yeah, tough. But actually, that one security guard, though, gets a little mad. Oh, yeah. He gets really mad at that guy and says, go back to the ship. And he goes back to the ship and he ends up dying anyway because somebody has tied a weight to the to the uh, shuttle that he's piloting, which was pretty sweet, actually. Oh, yeah. Do you dude. remember that? Well, yeah, but that's, that's kind of another moment where, like, I felt bad for them. <laughs> bad? He just killed somebody in the street. Oh, no, it was that character, wasn't it? Yeah, That's it true, that's true. I forgot. It was. I don't know. I just don't like seeing people die. I just don't like... Well, I, I never know. like it. So. I know, but... It was kind of like, again, somebody that works, and I'm not sure if it was Brasso or somebody else, I can't remember now, but somebody that works in the junkyard tied a big piece of metal to that shuttle, and that's why that guy dies, because he can't can't pilot it. Yeah. Uh, So they're they're just constantly on this planet, all the, they just do everything with metal. Mm -hmm. They live with it, they tell time by it, they use it as for a weapon they use it for an alarm system uh let's see oh kyle solar is the name of the actor that plays cyril karn oh okay um and by the end of the episode you do feel bad for him like oh yeah it's because those he's got those eyes yeah man his eyes just make you feel like man (laughs) you are in you he is at the bottom like he's the lowest he's probably ever felt at that moment yeah yeah he's gonna get in so much trouble yeah because this did not work out Mm -hmm. at all people are dead Mm -hmm. cops are dead civilians are dead like that's not good it's the exact opposite of what his uh, superior said to do which was lay low be quiet be brief fly under the radar don't don't wave your arms around. Yeah, right. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens to him. And in the next scene, I'm sure they're going to get yelled at. Right. And the Empire is probably going to finally come in. Um, but anyway, the big the big action sequence. I had already seen it. You had not. What did you think of it? I mean, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was so nice. I don't even know. What I, honestly, it's hard for me to comment anything other than just saying I thought it was excellent. Um, the buildup? I thought it was great. Was dang perfect. Yeah, dude. I thought it was really good. The way they start out talking pretty casually. It's just going to be an exchange of money and goods. Yeah. And... It ends up being like, you know, a lot of this dialogue we had heard it even in the trailers, him, Luthen asking him, this is not like, this is not just something you can happen upon or can easily get your hands on. 
Mm-hmm. How did you get this? Yeah. I will give you extra money yeah. if you tell me how you got this. And he's like, easy. They don't they don't care. Like they don't even notice us. They don't even think anything about it. They don't think yeah. we'd ever have the nerve to walk into their base and steal their stuff. Right. Yeah. It's just the incredible. writing. Just the writing of that. I mean it's so like true though. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. It is very true. And it's really cool to kind of see in live action too the beginnings of this. Because there's no they're not on their radar yet. Or the you know, yep. the rebellion is not on the Empire's radar yet at all. Yep. They're not even micromanaging this security company yet. Yep. Cause they just don't think anything could go wrong at this point. They think they have such a grip on everything that it's who cares? Yeah. these plebes <laughs> yeah i mean it's an empire that's how it goes i think super interesting um yeah. yeah i thought the action was great inside that uh whatever the uh the uh uh industrial factory. the factory call, yeah that was yeah, so cool factory that was awesome the, the um the metaphor though to oh yeah of the chains oh yeah in at the top really highlights the metaphor of the metal that we were talking about earlier like the binary the binary nature of uh all that material exactly exactly yeah it's really good and i told i think i mentioned to you that there i actually think i might have mentioned it to dad there's a part where there's a chain that like is it's like the camera is like moving across the screen and Mm -hmm. cassian is in the background and there's a chain link that's just like sitting there static dangling from the ceiling but like he passes right through like one of the links of the chain based on like the perspective of the camera oh yeah it's really cool um you might need to check that out again because there is it's a very brief moment but i caught it with the first time i saw it so okay yeah i will check that out but yeah the the whole fact that they use chains yeah and tied to the end of these chains are these enormous metal weights that start falling yeah and it's almost like you're saying it's a double it's a double-edged sword like it is yeah we really we really the way of life on this planet seems to revolve around metal but also the empire is symboli- symbolized by metal and uh-huh. also we know cassian's fate yep so that when they start breaking these chains literally inside this room these giant things are falling on yeah, their like heads. Yeah, like pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's also just, it's very cool because just the environment, how like the environment itself suggests this like tension, you know? Very much so. Like it's not just like. It's just hanging there. Yeah. Literally. Which, which is one of the best things about Star Wars, I think, is that it's never just about like the plot. It's like everything else serves what's happening. Like in that moment, that's mm-hmm. like what good Star Wars is, in my opinion. It's like you can look at anything or listen to anything, and it's all telling you the same thing. And it really does feel like that is what's happening in this episode. Like everything is serving a purpose. Like everything is serving the same purpose. You know. So it's like it's so integral. Like I don't remember the last time I've seen something Star Wars related that was so integral. You know, that's just the word I can use. I guess. Everything is serving everything. You know, it feeds yeah, into yeah, itself. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, again, the the fact that the score in that scene and the lighting, even too, 
and the, the lighting. The lighting in that scene. The lighting in that scene is very different from the rest of every of, mm-hmm. of all the other lighting in the show so far. It is. It, it is. has a very particular look to it. Like it's very like sunrisey, but it's very muted at the same time. It's streaming into the windows. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't even think there are windows. I think it's just holes in the walls that it's just coming oh, through. Oh no, there's windows. There's oh, okay. windows. Okay. Yeah, that building is totally put together until they destroy it. Like it yeah. was it was fine. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't falling down in any way until they tore it apart, basically. Right. Um another metaphor, obviously, for you know, what's gonna happen to the Empire eventually. What were you gonna say? Oh dang it. What was I gonna say? Oh sorry. Um do-do-do. Oh, I was gonna say that you mentioning how the chains just being there hanging and all that stuff hanging above their heads just in visually creates tension. Yeah. It reminded me of Wendy's cigarette. Ah, totally, totally. Shining. Like yeah, totally, her, totally. her cigarette yes. ash that just keeps getting longer and longer That's and right. longer. And there's really no reason for you to, for that to make you anxious, but it does. Yeah. Well, it's like a surrealist kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so pretty brilliant to put, these big giant weight things oh, yeah. my chains yeah yeah and then having them fall being the action of the scene exactly but yeah i will i will say i wish i had not seen that but and even there's an, there's an additional layer to that because even when they're falling they're even starting to use them for cover but then they mm-hmm. have to like leap out of the way of another one and like it's like it's everything's yep. getting all mixed into the pot yeah know? so it's, it's like, like gray, it's all gray like it, we yeah. can use these things for our advantage. You can't rely or on anything. Kill us. <laughs> you yeah. can't rely on anything <laughs> in the show. Well, which is oh. exactly which is highlighted by the plot, obviously, because Tim rats this dude out. Yeah. And then, you know, so even like the, the even the set design is actually serving the purpose of the plot, which is so interesting to me. Like again, also, it's not it's not just it's not just like set design. It's also like things happening driving the plot in the scene. You know. Yes. So cool. Anyway, we'll see saying? if they can keep up this pace of yeah, dude. Excellence. I don't know, man. Because we're going know. to a very different place next. Yeah, yeah. Um, with different characters. Um, yeah. Well, at least a few. But um, I also loved Luthen's lesson one, lesson two. I love that too. Like, yeah. Because you know, again, it recalls Luke. Star Wars. Being yeah. Ray's uh, yeah, mentor. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep, yep, lesson yep. number one, lesson number two. Totally. Um, and the lesson of build your escape on your way in. Mm-hmm. That's so a good, good one. That's yeah. a good one. That was some, that was some <laughs> born identity coming through. A little and bit. then he blows it up. That's great. Yeah. But he is, te- he's, I guarantee you we're going to see Cassie and use these lessons later because yep. when he's like become a full fledged spy. Right. Okay, um, the last thing. We're getting close here, right? Pretty... Yeah, we're almost done. All right. So the the last five minutes is some of the most beautiful Oof. Star Wars stuff. Facts. Facts. The way that the flashback scenes and the current mm-hmm. story Marry each kind other. of parallel each other with, oh, we do still need to talk about, I don't want to forget to talk about Marva and like the two sides of that camp about her. But um, the way that the two storylines parallel each other, the score, 
which basically gets re- reduced to. St- I mean, I w- I think it's just strings. It is. I don't think there's anything else. <clears throat> there might be a little bit of a synthesizer, but it is just strings ba- as the bass. Yeah. And how beautiful that mu- music is. Oh and yeah, how dude. Moving it is, and you see um, Cassian being flown away by Luthen. Yep. Basically being led to his death. Yep. Let's just say. Pretty much. Pretty much. He's being put upon the path. Yep. In five years, we know this guy is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, because of he joins the rebellion. And then it's paralleled with we see Kassa being taken away by Marva and Clem in that ship. And there's the sun rises in both of them. Yeah. <laughs> or sunset. The sun sets? I I'm guess it would totally have been sure. sunset on Ferrex because it's daytime. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Throughout that whole time. Um, so maybe they're both sunsets. I don't really know. But the, the parallel of the golden hour. Yep. <laughs> in both of those scenes as he's being taken, question mark, rescued, question mark. Yeah, right. I mean, I think Discuss. taken. Discuss. I think taken. Um, well, she definitely takes him. Like, there's no question. Yeah. That she takes him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, okay, so the discussion, the, the Socratic we're going to have today, class. Oh, geez. Is, was she justified mm. in taking him? I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Nah. Explain. I mean, she didn't know what was going on. She had, she had no idea of the context of what was happening. She was just like the scavenger, and she just like picked up this kid. I don't know. I think it's a little, I don't know. Do you think she was justified in thinking, if we leave him here, he's going to be killed? I, like, she didn't know that, you know? She didn't know that. She just like, was afraid for the life of this child, so she like took the child. That's like what happened, really. So to you, she was not justified in... Uh. And taking him. I don't know. Like, my realistic person, like, the realistic mind in my mind is telling me no. But, like, you could say, you, I, w- I would also, like, if I was being polite, yes, it is justified. Well, I, you know, as always, I see both sides. Of course, that's what I'm saying. I see both sides. But I think I lean more slightly towards the idea that she was not justified to do that. And I also understand that there is a lot of cultural context there. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. With, with indigenous people being taken yeah man in real life like in our world yeah uh so i get that entirely yeah and i understand that that if that's your point of view it's but entirely but valid. she's clearly not doing it for that reason like she's clearly doing it out of love so it is a little trickier right. that way that's right um but still like i don't think it justifies it loves love like he like, doesn't you know? she doesn't know that he doesn't have a family Exactly. <laughs> it's it's kind of messed up from that perspective. Because he does. Now now his little baby sister is left alone. Right, exactly. Exactly. And it's, so that's on yeah. her. Yeah, it is. And he obviously still regrets that. Yeah. Because he's you know, flying around to different planets looking for her. Right. And it's really interesting, you know, again, that his his original name that his sister called him was Casa, which is home, right. and he doesn't have one. Yep. 
Yeah. And he doesn't have his fa- his original family anymore. Mm. And it's because of Marva and her actions. Yeah, it is. Interesting. Yeah, it's it is. Interest- Again, it's a it's interesting. You, I didn't notice that until you brought it to light. Yeah. It's a gray area. It is. It is. Is she wrong? Was she justified? It totally depends on your perspective. It totally depends on if you're going to look at this as, um, you know, from a cultural point of view, you know? Yeah. Have you heard other people say that it's not justified? Oh, plenty. Are people upset about that? Yeah. Ah, interesting. Interesting. To the point where they're just, they hate that character. Oh, snap. Already. Yeah. All right. Fair. Fair. Because they think, because from a cultural point of view, this is very representative of so many bad things in history and colonization and the way indigenous peoples have been treated and all of that. So that's their point of view, obviously very valid. Right. It is. But as you pointed out, that wasn't her intention. That wasn't her intention to steal him from his family Mm -hmm. or or her intention was to save his life which she did and i also i also think it matters because like we don't know if she notices that she did that really so i think if we knew if she made it clear that if that character makes it clear that they understood what they did and they're sorry for that but i mean he obviously loves her he obviously loves her like there's a clearly good there's a positive relationship but I'm just curious but, what she thinks about the situation, honestly. Cause also, interesting, though, he doesn't call her mother. He true. calls her by her first name. True. That's the tension. Yeah. There's That's so much tension everywhere. Oh, and we didn't even bring up the dad, who apparently Luther knows was killed. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Like, executed. Oh, For yeah. something. Hmm. Yeah, it's intense. I hope we get some answers to these questions because I want to know what happened. True. Um, okay, my speculation on the sister. Oh my I don't gosh, know if I've four? already even... I don't even know if I've talked about this. She's an Imperial. Oh. My speculation is she wasn't killed. She was taken also off planet because they do say in the in the show... That um, because of this mining disaster, the the Empire has now said this planet is inha- non not inhabitable and nobody's even hardly heard of it because it's just like basically a thing of the past, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my my thought is that she was taken. Mm-hmm. As were probably any other kids that were right. left alive, and raised. Oh, maybe she was raised into like a special force like unit or something. Maybe, maybe they put a chip in her, just like the clones. Like who knows? Ah, geez, that'd be messed up. But I feel like something bad is gonna have to have happened to her for for Cassian to eventually be like. To get to the point where he is as hardcore yeah, yeah. rebel that he murders his own people and is an assassin, basically. Yeah, yeah. Something needs to happen there. That's interesting. So either, hmm. Yeah, so either she's 
really, really dead and he's going to find out. Or I think it would be very interesting to find out that she's Yeah, because then what does he do? You know? Working in the Empire. Because you don't know what he does from there. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it might be interesting if that happens. But I could, I'm probably entirely wrong. I'm hardly ever right about You might be things. wrong. Yeah, true. We're always wrong. <laughs> what the heck is that? We're always right about, like, meta stuff and metaphors yeah, and things like that. But no, when but it actually no, comes to plot points, we suck. No, we're always right about the things that are never confirmed. <laughs> which is the problem. But All right. Well, Mon Mothma. Yeah, we'll see. We shall on see. On her way. Yeah, yeah. And now we only have one episode a week, which is a lot more doable for us to record about. Seriously. <laughs> All right. So let's put an end to this. Um, okay. You can find us on Twitter at UnknownReachPod. Colin is on Instagram. Give your handles, please, because I don't oh. know them. Uh, it's Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And then CMJW underscore not underscore uh underscore poet. <laughs> So we you, always do you have, this. You haven't published anything lately. I I have not, mostly because I'm doing music. But there's stuff True. there. Um, and also, really, if you want to find me on Twitter, my personal handle is at Adjacent, and we're both on Facebook. Any closing words, thoughts? Um, it's been a real one. It's been lit. Mm. So we did about an hour per episode, which is that's pretty decent. Normal. Yeah, it is. It's just so un- un- it's not ideal that they just did like three. It's at the same Lucas Holmes' fault. It's not our fault. This episode is three hours long. Please send all your yeah. letters and complaints to <laughs> Lucasfilm. True. Thank you. True. I'm sure. Are okay. other people struggling with that? Like, how are other people doing that? Are they just like they're the ones I've seen are hour and a half, almost two hours. Are they dividing them up? No, 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 no. Oh, so we're no. just we just take forever. One lump sum. Yeah, I mean, we talk, like I said, warning, fair warning, most of this episode's going to be about the music, and I feel like it kind of was. It really it was. either was. about the music or it's about the metal theme, which also involves the music. Right, right. And I hope there's more so that when I'm, like, not as busy, I can pay more attention to those things. Uh, yeah. Well, you know? let's hope so. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll till next time, I guess. Okay. Hey, Colin. Yo. See you around, kid. Peace. Thank you for listening to Unknown Regions Podcast. The introductory theme for Unknown Regions Podcast was composed by Colin Whitlick and was performed live by a volunteer orchestra. This recording and composition is the intellectual property of Colin Whitlick, but please feel free to hire him for all your compositional needs. He is the composer you're looking for. All the opinions expressed on Unknown Regions Podcast are of a personal nature and in no way reflect that of Disney or Lucasfilm. Thanks again for listening. See you real soon.